0: Yeah. For. It's just like satisfying sounds. Yes. Oh, audio. I like, thought it was like, like, a, it audio was like a sensory, yeah, sensory like thing. something or not. Oh, it is I thought an it was like an M type of yeah, performance
1: you give. No. Or something. No. What? Like a radio show, like a radio, like I've like ask me anything, or I don't know. No. <laughs> but then, what? But then there's a what? few. I'm missing a few letters. Hi, of this words. is our host yeah. Ben Moorhead. Yeah. I don't know anything yeah. about nothing. Hey, anything. You host, I'm, I'm you Ben. This know, like... is episode five of Before Here, the Dust podcast. I was worried about podcast. being the dumb one. Nope, nope. 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 We are, you are we are not an ASMR podcast. Sorry, Ben. Um, don't, we, don't don't pigeonhole <laughs> us like that we could be we, don't pigeonhole all right maybe in the future we'll have more satisfying sounds for now you get us uh today we got uh, paul hendrickson paul thank you for joining us thank you
2: for having me this is awesome yeah i, I am uh, honestly i'm super excited to be here i know i, I told you guys earlier mm-hmm. that um um when i saw your first episode i i seriously i'm like i want to be in on on that that's wow. cool and it's been um it's been really cool this is what'd you say five yeah, yeah. five so it's month been, at a time um yeah. it's been really cool watching it, even in those four episodes how much you guys have grown just from Thank that you. first one to the fourth one yeah. and um no i'm i'm seriously happy to be here i'm just yeah. like i was driving over here and i'm like god i'm kind of nervous <laughs> right <laughs> yeah uh but you know it's, yeah, I remember. I mean, f- it's going to be seen by. Like That's really nice like to hear, like tens of from people. Like, yeah. yeah, they're all so your, they're all your family too. You know? All ten yeah. of them. And my, mom. <laughs> my mom says. <laughs> yeah, our moms <laughs> yeah. have just been oh God, elated. Sure. Yeah. I've, I've debated.
3: I, I, you know, honestly, I don't know if my mom's ever if she's yeah. watching an episode. Great uh, promotion! Hey, there, Phil. Should watch an episode. <laughs> just get with I actually debated whether I was
2: going to tell, tell my mom or any family members that that I was doing Yeah. Yeah, I remember. We'll, you, we'll see how it turns out. I remember you texting me,
1: <laughs> and and that's you know the idea. I'm like, oh well, Paul does everything with peer support, done the job while well. He'd be a good candidate. And then also, there's something about us, like people that want to be here because then they come prepared, they bring us good content. Like Dusty was really prepared, yeah. and obviously George Lindblad has 800, his 50 content. Thanks for having me on. Like, so, right after George Lindblad, great follow up. Yeah, yeah, follow that like up. The
2: most interesting man in the world, and then yeah. then you got me. Like, well, yeah. second most interesting. 10, That's great. Ten minutes now. What do we do? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna
1: try and give you a quick biography. Yes. Uh, been on the job for what, twenty years. Oh, seventeen. Seventeen. Seventeen
2: 17. and a half. Uh, August of 05. Okay.
1: Yep. So you came on before that. Worked at SPI a while. Correct. How long have you been a paramedic? Um,
2: I got my license in early part of 2000. Okay. So twenty two years. Yep. Um. Got, uh, yeah. Got hired by SPI in May of 2000. Worked there full time for five years. And yeah, and, had, we'll and then got hired on the fire
1: department. Yeah, so we only get the outline. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, when I I, I started, you were out at eights. You were, were you third. George, you drive out yes, at eights. No, and, and then third. when I was on probation, I we, that was the only time we worked together. Is when you took Jesse's job driving when Jesse got promoted. Yeah, that's right. And then wow huge yeah, shoes was, to fill i know like no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally know. huge shirt to
2: fill yeah <laughs> you, you, you have yeah. a huge <laughs> seat to fill <laughs> just a huge yep.
1: void just huge period and then and large <laughs> very large and then recently promoted this last year <laughs> correct and yeah. now out at sixes yep. with uh L- shane tom. lieutenant
2: out at sixes with shane ewell and tom parrot yeah, how's that going just, i uh loving it I'm, I'm just um so fortunate to be assigned to a, a great station and, I and, a, and cool. a good crew that um, that really has required minimal um, intervention on my mm-hmm. part you know they're pretty self-sufficient sure. so um, it makes my job way easier you know like they always say you know your crew uh, you know can make or break the officer and that's you know that is so true um, they can make your life miserable if if you know if you're not careful if you don't treat them right mm-hmm. so sure but yeah, I'm having a blast. Oh, Love perfect. It. Yep, awesome. It's yeah, it's
1: beer. cool. I,
0: I like. I always like sixes. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's it's like its own hometown firehouse. Yeah, I mean, we all kind of have that, you know, with the people you work with in your district. But like sixes, you got a classic firehouse, well, that, basically, yeah. and, and and that's what like I always tell people, it's yeah, right it's
2: there. it's actually it's the only. It's the only station we have that, that, is, that I feel is a firehouse. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, ev- everywhere else. And not knocking the other stations no, because no. they're, you know, they're all unique in their own certain way. But but they're fire stations. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. this is a firehouse. Well, it's, it's like,
3: you know, uh, it's still, I mean, they did a fantastic job when they when they remodeled it. So, you know, left the, you know, the old woodwork is gorgeous yeah. in there, the old brick. Um, so, yeah, it feels, it's cozier. But, yes, you feel like it's an old station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're versus like fours. I you know, I love fours, but it, you know, it's big but it's big, it's wide open, oh, it's yeah. modern, mm-hmm. it's bright, it's, it's you future. know all this Yeah, <laughs> you know and it's, right, but like <laughs> exactly. yes, yeah. it, yeah. it is yeah. a fire station Plummy. versus you know, you it that's a firehouse which you guys have. Yeah. yeah, it's it's one of it's actually you know, looking or, or spending time or floating there was at one of my favorite stations just mm-hmm. because the station itself was, it was so yeah. cool. You know.
0: I was interested to see when we came and did uh kind of our pre work with you. Mm-hmm. The, how they did the sprinkler system and stuff in there, because I don't think I'd really been in <laughs> yeah. there since it got all the way done. But they did a good job of, like hiding it. Like you know, I was kind of worried about the piping right. a little bit, like how yeah. it was gonna look in there. It's, and I'm not even there, you know. But yeah. I was like, man, that it's kind of I don't want to me- don't mess
1: with it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but, yeah,
2: yeah. You, you're right. I mean, it's you know, it's obviously um, something that they added on, you know. But um, I think they did as good a job as they could sure. trying to make it blend in. Yeah, with, yeah. yeah. With it's, the, it's the single the outsider's perspective. I think yeah. they did. Yeah. yeah.
1: Is single engine company, but you guys are plenty busy out there. Morningside's yeah. getting busier. I know you guys' runs are going up. Second um, busiest
2: station in the city. Mm-hmm.
1: Some good street cred.
2: Yeah, yeah but
0: that's absolutely. that's one rig. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. It's not split up between any other rigs. Yeah, we that's don't one, get one rig. Off. We, no. And we hear all now. of it usually because I'm at threes and. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep comfortably, right. and then the medic's got to go it out. T- I'm like, no. Going
2: going from threes to sixes—that's probably the the biggest adjustment I've had to make—is is the call volume, um, which which I love. I, I I still love doing that aspect of it, but um, uh, yeah, uh, the the sleep at night has gone down considerably since i've sure. gone there yeah so. and that's
1: something we'll we're going to talk about later when we get yeah. into peer support stuff yep. just the yep. effects of you know when you, you get into a, a good run of shifts where you maybe you don't get as much sleep and what inter, a sleep interruption looks like long term mm-hmm. but before we do that let's go i'm gonna go as back as far as you want to go if you want to go to like you know high school did you want to be a fireman you were five years old uh when did you kind of know this is this is the is the profession you wanted to get in and then right. talk about a little before that because i know you kind of had an interesting career change
2: yeah i know i i followed a pretty i i think a pretty atypical route um i and, and there's always been a little part of me that has felt kind of bad about that because it seems like most guys that you talk to you know they grew up since they were five years old they wanted to be firefighters mm-hmm. you know and and this is the you know their chosen path and i um i i don't know my my life branches took all kinds of, uh, you know, all kinds of deviations and so on. It took me a long time to end up here, but um, I'm super glad I did. But yeah, um, born and raised in Omaha. Um, pretty uneventful childhood, I know. Um, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I wanted to, I wanted to do one of two things. I wanted to be a football player. I wanted to play for mm-hmm. the Cornhuskers. Yeah, you know, obviously. Or I. Um, I wanted to be a rock star. Music was always a huge part of my life, and um, I went to my first concert when I was eight years old. I went to see Kiss. Oh man, there Um, you go in Omaha. My dad took me and a friend, and uh, it was it was awesome. And and honestly, at the risk of sounding melodramatic, it changed my life when I (laughs) I went to see them. I'm like, yeah, that's That's what I want to do. but
1: I had a similar um, experience with Rockestra in Sioux City, Iowa. The rock orchestra. Or, yeah, I'm not you pick oh, up the yeah. cello, then you're like, "I need <laughs> a cello." I know if any of you guys would uh, yeah, get a violin for Christmas that years ago, and yeah. that was a thing.
2: I bet Gene hung out with a couple of those guys. It mm-hmm. uh, could be, yeah. yeah but um, so yeah, I so I was, was like, uh, uh "Sorry, whenever you're sorry, done." Sorry, I'm done <laughs> interrupting you. I was taking a, look, it's <laughs> a Ben Moorhead show. Taking, welcome. Taking a bad <laughs> shot at a joke, but. and we'll talk about that later too. About like the the art of listening to people and not talking <laughs> over them. That'd be good for one of us. I'll take. I'll take a. Little lesson today. No, you're fine. I'm I'm just long for the ride. <laughs> so you're at Kiss. You're hanging out with Gene Simmons backstage. You're eight years old. Yeah, Continue. but um, putting on the makeup,
4: mm-hmm. just getting. So, getting but
2: after. you know, and 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 so I I was kind of the jock guy up until about. Well, I pl- I started playing drums when I was eight, and um, I absolutely loved it. And to this day, I still do. I still love drums. Um, but you know, as you get older and 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 start having friends over and stuff you can't mm. you can't really play songs on the drums and have them recognize it you know <laughs> like check this out you know recognize that huh <laughs> that's freebird yeah exactly <laughs> so um my mom had been um she had signed up for guitar lessons and she had a old uh, little acoustic guitar sitting around that um it was just kind of sitting there and I would occasionally pick it up and start blinking around on it and like oh this is super cool so when I was about thirteen, I switched to guitar and and never looked back. Nice. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, even in high school, um, I, I, I played football up until uh, football and baseball up until my junior year, and that was kind of when music took over, sure. and, and that's that's what I wanted to do. So, um, but you know, I can remember having talks with my mom and saying, you know, I. my mom and dad were so understanding and and I put them through all kinds of of tests you know but (laughs) um, I can remember talking to my mom about what I was going to do after high school and and I said I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to join a band and I'm Mm going to be a rock star I mean that's you know oh boy oh boy (laughs) and you know bless her heart she uh, okay (laughs) (laughs) have you considered though (laughs) Um, I I College was not on my radar, a, a, a desk job was not, you know, none of that stuff. That's what I wanted to do. Um, so about halfway through my senior year, I was talking to my guidance counselor in high school and kind of telling him what I wanted to do. Um, and he said, hang on a second. And he, he wheeled his chair back and he grabbed a um, like a course catalog for northeast community college it's a two-year school up in norfolk mm. and um he said i think they have some kind of music related something let me take a look and he thumbed through this catalog and he and he said yeah here it is and he showed it to me and it was um it was an associate's degree in audio recording technology and i read through the description of the program and and it was like
4: bah. you know mm-hmm. it was
2: just trip to trigger yeah right absolutely it was uh it was an epiphany i'm like that. That's what I want to do. So, so it worked out great. You know, mom got to see me, mom, dad yeah, got to see yeah. me go to college. Oh, thank um, God. Yeah. <laughs> I got to still be, um, you know, seriously involved with music, music as a career. Um, so it, it, it worked out really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after, once I graduated college, um, a guy that I had gone to school with that was in the same program as me, he had become a uh, partner at a recording studio here in Sioux City, and oh, when so I that's... graduated, he asked me if I wanted to become partners at well as well, and I didn't have anything else lined up, so I'm like, "Yeah, I'll do it." So that's it. what landed yeah. you here. Huh? So that's how I got here. Yep, okay. did the recording studio thing for a few years. Um, you know, I I had played in and out of bands. Um, you know, through high school and college, nothing nothing that ever amounted to anything, you know, mm-hmm. other than in our minds. Oh, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Was, was your studio,
3: did you, were you just like, um, was that just essentially renting and running studio time and a soundboard, or did you guys actually have a label?
2: We, yeah, it was Demographic Productions. We actually owned the studio. It was in the basement oh, wow. of Flood Music, um, which is on 5th, 5th Street. It's not there mm-hmm. anymore. It's a mm-hmm. law firm, uh, White Building, 410 5th Street. Wow. Okay. But it was in the basement of Flood Music and um we did you know jingles for radio we did demo tapes for bands um you know anything and everything in the recording medium we had a uh an old analog 16 track tape machine and um yeah it was it was awesome but to be honest you know looking back now it's um it was it was difficult, if not impossible, to to make a living doing that in yeah. Sioux City. There just sure. wasn't enough demand just for not it. Enough big know? enough market yeah. kind of thing. Yeah.
3: yeah. So, so what did you so jingles so is anything like I don't what I mean, what's an example of a jingle like for like bit like, like, like we would recognize like anything like local oh, yeah, or anything nothing. we'd recognize or um, just kinda anything you know, that got I guess anything that got used?
2: Yes, there was some stuff that got some radio play. Uh we did some Stuff for Wayne State College, um, Wells Blue Bunny—they'd done a few for that. Um, cool. So yeah, a, a jingle is essentially—it can be either a bed of music or music with lyrics that um, you know that, that sells your product. Like the Whopper so. commercials. Yeah, stop! Exactly. Please, no. God, <laughs> it has invaded every facet of life, life, life now, horrible. and oh it's like—I have
1: to get Burger King now. Ryan, can, in you, in can, you can you play a Whopper commercial in the middle of this <laughs> podcast? <don't laughs> Nobody wants that. <laughs> I don't know, no, uh, they get it enough uh, everywhere. else. In the middle of Paul <laughs> time, Whopper Whopper. Stop! Whabber, whabber. I knew you were. I don't knew he was going to do this. He going to work that. it <laughs> into <laughs> this somehow. Because there was some, There's there's
3: a guy. There's a Paul like in a basement of some law firm someplace at a small recording studio that got you know that somebody was approached and said, "Hey, we want Here's the thing: we want to jingle. They come up with And guess how he wrote that? He woke up the night after
0: partying, and the guy woke him up and said dude we gotta write this yeah. jingle for this thing Yeah, and he's like uh whopper whopper double whopper triple whopper junior whopper <laughs> <was> whopper done <laughs> that's it how do you end it awesome how oh how yeah end and it? they just made yeah, it up and that's, you rule you work your butt off to yes. try and get
4: jingles done right. yeah. and this, <laughs> this the yeah and this the bum wakes yeah. up and he's like
0: oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah I got it over here he writes that's it on a napkin from Burger King so
1: you record the whopper commercial and then you go to paramedic school what
3: that's wow. what I have here. There's, I, a, there's a jump. Hey, wait yeah. to tell Paul's story for him. Thank you, Ben.
4: Sorry. <laughs> we keep, awesome. We got to keep it moving.
2: Well, he's hosting, so. I mean, yeah, that's it's fine. Gonna, gonna yeah. I, I, you know, you let you let George talk for two and a half hours, but mm-hmm. I yeah. get I get a half Ten hour. Minutes. That's yep. cool. Ten minutes at a time. Yeah. Fifteen.
1: We got to sell advertisement. Oh, so.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, could how? You, oh, I just got an idea. go ahead. Sponsorship
2: it, from BK? No, no, no.
3: Paul can write a jingle for the podcast. Oh,
2: my God uh done yeah yeah all in right done yeah. all in there it is yeah yeah we'll work on that, that i i get awesome. to do the lyrics podcast though. podcast yeah. podcast,
1: <laughs> podcast and they're not
0: gonna have any whopper stupid stupid at all playlist, or burger King. Of time podcast
1: <laughs> and more podcast yeah. welcome to Born Moon. do not listen to us so then you go to <laughs> paramedic school you don't have to say that
2: um no <laughs> wrong, wrong again, no, Ben. I'm just following <laughs> the outline. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm, I'm following the outline. following the outline. Uh, take the outline away from right. me. Um, eventually, yes. <laughs> okay, um, paramedic so, school. So when I was right. working at the recording studio, uh, again, I'm a, a guitar player, mm-hmm. um, not playing in a band currently, and and um, there was a band in Sioux City called The Rage, um, and they were like semi popular you know in in the area they were all all Um, the rage you would say they were all the rage yes absolutely um (laughs) but they (sighs) sorry um they well, the guitar player had come down to the recording studio one of the guitar players had come down to the recording studio one day um and asked me if i knew of anybody that played bass because they were looking for a new bass player Mm -hmm. and um i'm like I gave him a couple names of guys that I knew that played bass, but they were currently in other bands and weren't available. So long story short, they um, they asked me if I would be willing to switch from guitar to bass mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> yeah. You know, similar instruments. Um, so I did. I switched over to bass guitar. Um, they gave me um, all of the songs on their set list, and I learned them. Uh, you know, learned the bass parts to them, and we got together and practiced and, and went right down the songs, okay. and it was...
0: learning the music. Yeah. Did they have printout, like, sheet music that no. they did? Or was it all no. off-listen I mean, and kind of flow?
3: Tab, with did you have tab charts chord charts? Or, chord oh, charts, or is it just like, really. well, I, this is the song, go, we'll listen to right, it. By. Yeah,
2: I always learned everything by ear. Yeah. Sure. I, I can't read music. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you weren't a band choir kid? No. Okay. No. Um, I... I took lessons and I I tried to learn to read music, but I don't know, it was weird. Like my brain, as I was like plunking along trying to read it, my brain would hear it. And it was just easier for me to Play back what I just heard, mm-hmm. um, sure. as opposed to what's written on the paper. If that makes any sense, yeah. it's kind of hard no. to explain. I mean, like well, if you I, have a musical ear, it, it makes sense, I guess. Yes, but if you don't, it you it know seems what notes really to play foreign. just yes. from yes. listening yeah. after
0: learning notes. I mean, Justin Johnson, he that's kind of how he yeah. plays. I've yep. watched him play, and that's well. I think that's this tab, that's, or, yeah, or exactly. Th- this this chord or whatever,
2: right? That's
3: well, even well, and even as a as a younger, because how much playing do you still do now? Oh, uh, like, you know, I, mean,
2: I, I still plink around a little yeah. bit. Because I know, like,
3: so, lot. I mean, I mean uh, music as far as being in a band and, and all this. So, yes, I can read music. I can't anymore because, like, right. I, it's essentially forgot I, And I was always bass clef uh, in band playing trombone, tuba, and stuff. Sure. And, then, and then bass in jazz band and then garage band when mm-hmm. I was a kid and stuff, too. But that was more learning it as far as bass guitar was by, I mean, where you literally went to the store, bought the CD for one song and listened to to it until like, and just listened and listened and listened and played and stuff. And that's how we, yeah, that's how you learn there. Fast forward 20 years later to play for bass in church. I still can't really read music and it's a lot of, there's some tab charts, but I work, but the chord reduction, like a chord chart now. So it's just this chord, but to correlate, I know, that chord is this fret means this yeah and it goes you know so that's it's my the older me can is more comfortable playing off a chord reduction and knowing that and still listening to the songs and play with the chord reduction kind of kind of read music whereas the young me was just like learn it all like so i was the opposite
0: yeah i know how to read music and i still can read music just from like watching a lot like you were talking Mm -hmm. church like timing and notes i know how to read all that Switching to like tablature yeah. is like harder for me. Right. Because I knew how to read music. Sure. So, like, oh, when, yeah. I, when I plunk on the guitar, yep. I try to do tabs. It's so weird to me because it's, you know, flip, it's reversed basically yeah. with how the structuring of yeah. notes are. Yeah. Right. The tabs upside down yeah. to me. Right. Because of yeah learning to read music. Yeah. It's high to low and then yeah. it goes low to high when you're right. reading tabs.
1: Right. So like I can read. Hard. <laughs> That's still yet <laughs> out for debate. So, have you yeah. seen "I Love You, Man" with Paul Red? Oh, oh, I my. love that movie. Slapping uh, no, slap. slap the bass. Oh, no. he slapping the bass. Slapping the bass, no. man. I don't. He plays don't the know, air a little rush. I'm but you love rush? rush. You love rush. Love.
2: They love yeah. rush. Yeah. They love yeah. rush. Yeah. 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 Rush yeah. is what introduced me to to like odd time signatures and um, Paul Rudd. I I had exit stage left, and I was on album because you know. Back to your question.
3: What was the question?
4: music A, about okay. learn about learning, learning music
2: about learning today or yeah. what format it was on something like that but but i used, but i had exit stage left on on album and i i wore that thing out and just right playing guitar to every song that was on there yeah. poorly <laughs> i mean it wasn't for note but you know i was i was i had some semblance of similarity to the song but um yeah you know and, and that was how you had to learn i when i when I was growing up, everything was on album or cassette, and it was awful. You know, mm-hmm. you would get a cassette copy of a song that had been dubbed you oh, know, eight, yeah. 10, 12, 20 times, and it was
4: just. Oh, yeah. And
2: you're trying to pick out individual parts to it, and you're like, I think they're playing this, I'm not sure. And it was awful, but now, I mean, with, with oh my the advent gosh, of digital, oh, you know, there's so, just a whole yeah, new world. You can well, record, and Spotify,
3: yeah. you don't even have to, with oh Spotify God, and all that, yeah. you don't have to go to the store and buy the CD anymore exactly. for the one song. Yeah. You just go, you know, and then well, when Napster came along, you know, and that was a thing in LimeWire, you could just download mm-hmm. the one song. But then, but yeah, now with Spotify, you just come up with a whole playlist Absolutely. and you sit there and just learn all the songs. And then the internet with all the, you know, it used to be a scouring the internet to find, a tab chart if you could or anything yeah. or you had to go to the store and buy the books book, the music yeah. the tab right. book or whatever and now everything is like oh Man. it's just right now and there's it's, so much yeah. it's so readily available you can record easy.
0: something in like a tin can and then with all the technology they have just even for like people as hobbyists yeah. to Turn that into like a song is Uh, ridiculous, and I don't even know the first thing about understanding it. But uh, I like watch people do it sometimes on YouTube because I'm a nerd. Yeah, but it's amazing. It's like um, how.
2: And and oh man, we could have a whole. invite me back sometime. We'll have an entire (laughs) podcast. Music (laughs) music (laughs) Because I've got my thoughts on music like today versus okay. But yeah, I can I can remember sitting in my room as a kid. You know listening to you know to an iron maiden album on oh. vinyl oh, trying yeah. to learn a guitar part you know and yep. and so i i uh, oh what was that so oh. i have to like pick yeah. up the needle and kind of <laughs> scoot it back just enough and then i'd you know i'd scratch it and it was just a disaster it's yep. a wonder right. that that you learn anything yeah you know but but, but again at the time that was that was all you had True. so i are like well i'll just figure it out but uh, right on
3: that's awesome. Okay, so, um, so, so, anyway. so so yeah, so so you were you were, in, you were <laughs> jamming in all gross. the you that were jamming in all the rage. Yeah. You know, so I joined the as a Big hair, like, like meshy tank tops yes, and cut up jeans and um, getting after it.
2: This was on. I joined them in I think it was '89. So this is kind of like on the on the tail end of the hair hair metal yeah the hair metal bands, which was which was the greatest era hey music. you're not telling me anything i don't know <laughs> yeah. because i got sp- i mean i grew up and thank god for my parents
0: man they raised me yeah listening to poison guns and roses all that you perfect. know perfect yep.
2: yeah just great hero yeah. I wish I could have just stepped in time there for a uh, little bit but. It, was <laughs> a, it was an incredible yeah. incredible period in music and in life but but yeah so we did <laughs> all the hairband stuff wore the spandex and love it um you know you I mean, know what i, I say just, all the time i said back when chicks like dudes who dress like chicks
1: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs>
2: pretty much yeah um but i think it, you got some photos you have to
1: send ryan ryan can throw them on the youtube yeah i did them,
2: so. i dug some up for for ryan oh like, man so nice. beautiful I, it's it's weird it's um it's like an out-of-body experience it's Is like it? looking at somebody else it was just such a different period of my life like a know, whole different life almost yeah I bet, exactly right? it was I mean yep. up to this point uh, like. you know as as compared to now but you know back then it was I mean it was it was the textbook rock and roll lifestyle I mean you didn't care about tomorrow or next week or you know yeah. uh, retirement or anything <laughs> like that you know it's just like where are we
4: playing <laughs> at tomorrow you that's know
2: so that's cool. all that you were worried about but uh it was awesome i'm i'm so so glad that i got honestly got to fulfill one of my like childhood dreams mm-hmm. uh even if it was just on a like a local cover band level yeah but that's more than know? a lot of people end yeah up doing anyway. that's what and i need to go, remind and i myself. wish i would have done that right like well right. You, you stepped into it at least you just yes. put a foot in it yeah so. and just had an absolute blast and and there's not a day that goes by that i don't think about about that period of my life and just how much fun it was, you know, no. and how I could never do it now. sure. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> you know, yeah. Like I'm you can do it I don't know how some of these bands drugs. No, yeah. Still, lots of yeah. Drugs. still, still drugs. doing still going. Know. Yeah, still yeah, going that's after crazy. Well, that's, you know, so long. There's Paul
1: yeah. Johnson who sings really well. Uh-huh. Justin Johnson plays guitar. Absolutely. So you guys could start a fireman cover band I know. two Pauls I think and a Johnson. Be
2: so cool. Two
1: Paul
3: two
2: Pauls and a Johnson <laughs> good
1: <Nice>. lord <laughs> wow <laughs> is that taken a, i don't know no i'm quite sure know. it's no, I'm not pretty that, sure that, yeah. i'm pretty sure I'll you're saying. pretty sure i'll ben book you a at the be marquee helping manage yeah, that at all
2: i've i've thought about that a little fire department band that'd be kind of cool Yeah,
3: enough. But, there's enough people that that play enough instruments that yeah. we could we could probably we could probably f- get together like a seven or eight piece uh you know little little uh yeah group
2: i don't know we'll see yeah but, uh,
3: i'm a poet
0: and a lyricist and a yeah. uh i can sing a little bit too i like singing with dad we do
1: add a lot at three do you oh yeah <laughs> shout out to p diddy he's, yeah oh man he's awesome. yeah he's awesome yep. um, yeah um it's two we... johnsons so it could be two johnsons and a paul
2: why are we just can we turn just that, saying there's can options for the name take-off? um yeah, yeah so anyway <enough>. Um, so yeah, so played with the Rage for a few years, and then played with another band called Street Legal for another couple of years, and and it, that was similar type of music. But but again, the by that time the the hair stuff was was dying off. You know, it was almost it was almost overnight that it just it just died. Yeah, so, you know? yeah.
3: I guess what's what. So go from so going to paramedic school. So yeah. where at Still what point? Yep. So at what point <laughs> did you? I mean, was it like a. Like slowly, the the band just kind of faded away. Did these guys continue on with somebody else? Did you step away? Where yeah. was the breaking where you're like, question. dude, I I um, guess I have to get a real job, right? You know where was that? Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. If I remember right, our s- our sound guy, the guy that ran sound for us, um, took a job with a country band because you know about the time that hair was dying off, uh, grunge was becoming yeah. huge and and garth brooks more money brooks was came basically yeah. 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 yeah garth brooks came along and 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 ruined everything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <He> still <laughs> is ruining everything <laughs> so yeah if Sorry, i remember Dad. right he was the first one to go the sound guy went to another band and then and then a guitar player quit and it, it did it just it just kind of fizzled but but it was time you know it it had run its course and um we we tried to stay together for a while and kind of tried to adapt and play some of the newer music that was out but it wasn't us and it wasn't where your heart was probably no not at all not at all we we were miserable playing some of the you know some of the stuff that was becoming popular just and if you if you have an ear for
0: music you can hear that Person, i think you can hear when people are disingenuously oh. playing stuff it's like
3: mm-hmm. this is garbage yes, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, they don't want to be playing play through there. the motions because like, you know they're mean? like yes. it's on can the list you're of like, stuff they have is to play. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is trash like yeah
2: let's just get through it yeah. so we can get to the next song which we really like playing mm. so yeah <laughs> um, we're gonna play some old stuff now yeah and that's what they like playing yeah the, yeah so i was um so i was doing this i was um the, the guy that ran lights for us owned a body shop over in South Sioux and I was working for him to make some extra money. Um, we ended up selling the recording studio and I took that money and I, to this day I don't know why I chose um, the, the, the paramedic part of it but took the money from the sale of the studio and went back to school um, and got my EMT and then mm-hmm. my intermediate and then paramedic after that so i i I really honestly don't know where that where that came from i think it must have been a oh that sounds kind of cool i think i'll try that (laughs) (laughs) not that i had uh, you know put any thought into it at all i'm like oh maybe i could be a paramedic you know i don't know Mm -hmm. let's try it and here I am.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that <laughs> worked know. out, I guess. Yeah, it did. Did it you did. were you working as an EMT and then kind of while working go through school or?
2: Yeah, so I uh, I volunteered over in South Sioux. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. When I was taking my intermediate class and then part of my part of my paramedic class as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which well, it was great experience. Um oh, So yeah. glad I got to do that. You know, you guys have all done the volunteer thing, and it's. Uh, um, you know, it has its pluses and minuses. I think it makes you appreciate this a lot. Absolutely, like, yes. Exponentially. Yeah, Yes. coming from that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so volunteered over in South Sioux, got hired at SPI, which um, was the only place that I wanted to work at when I got my paramedic license. At yeah. the time, mm-hmm. you know, SPI was like the place to Sure. Be. Um, and
1: and for, for those listening, uh, SPI, sorry. Siouxland, Siouxland, paramedics, Siouxland which paramedics, used to run the 911 ambulance service in town. They were private health. Yes, company contract with the city, and then nine one one and transport. Yes, nine one 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 answers. They were the yeah. only.
3: They were the only show in town. Yep. yep.
1: Yeah. And then in twenty eighteen, Sioux City Fire Rescue uh-huh. took over the ambulance. Yeah, took yeah. over nine one one. Yes, nine one one. Yes.
3: Yep. And then, then non emergency transport was like I don't third party. Well, it was parties. well, so well Siouxland for a while because Siouxland was still. Right in non-emergency transport and then and in like Sula midwest and had crept its and then, and then and midwest came then in Sula Sula like and motion spi yeah a few times there's a
2: couple yeah. yeah yeah but yeah, yeah
3: so no desire to like but try and go to omaha and work as a paramedic no, or constable sort of day, like no, it was I, like here yeah
2: i was i was gonna stay here and just bide my time until i got hired by spi you know so <laughs> you were you were rooted here you were yeah and that was part of it too this was you know for better or for worse this was home Cool. So, um, and, and it was awesome. I mean, uh, super. The, the the call volume at SPI is, or you know, is is similar to what these guys are experiencing now on the mm-hmm. ambulance side. It's just, um, it's it's just brutal. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, um, but it was a great group of people and learned. You know, you learn more in one shift there than you than you do in a whole year of school that you take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So.
3: Um, what, but, at what point was yeah. your work in SPI then? and When did you think, um, hey, I don't, I don't want to be just a paramedic now for the next 20 years. I want to yeah. do, I, I like that fire department. Right, gig. yeah. Um, what kind of yeah. sparked that?
2: Uh, a guy that was on the fire department also worked at SPI part-time, and he's pretty much the one that talked me into it. He cool. said, you know, um, because he he approached me – You you know, mentioned the fire department to me a few times, and I'm like, Nah, I don't want to be a firefighter. You know, I'm fine right here. Um, But he kind of kept hounding me and kind of planted the seed, if you will. You know, that um, you know, fire department has a a much more solid future and uh, uh, you know, longevity and retirement and all of these things that when you're a single single guy you don't care about stuff like that you Mm -hmm. know but but when you get a girlfriend and then a wife and then kids you're like oh maybe i should start planning for my future a little bit you know so you know so he essentially said you know take the test um if if you take the you know if you test and get on the list you don't have to accept it if you don't want to um so i'm like yeah i'll try it you know and um,
1: which is great advice to anyone it really it, is. Because it, you're, you're out three yeah. days of your life. Yes. And there, there are a couple hours of the written, physical, interview. You can always turn the job down. If right. But there's there's people that work here that, that said, I, I did it because my buddy at a bar filled out the application. He yeah. accidentally printed off a second copy. Right. And, you know, like that's <laughs> – Yeah. And like now I'm I'm working here. So I got a yeah. friend
0: I'm working on that before I met him, he had no connection to like the fire department. Mm-hmm. And now he's volunteering where he lives. Okay. And I'm like, hey, buddy. Mm-hmm. What do, you, yeah. what do you do what are you thinking yeah, about the rest the of your life, life you know time. you want
2: to take to kick it out kick it up, up how
1: yeah. yeah. um, many people know like kind of what this career is and then all of a sudden when you get exposed to it it's like this is really or, cool. or like, you're around
0: yeah. people that are in it and they yeah. talk
2: about how much they like enjoy it and yeah. love it and you're like that sounds kind of cool absolutely and and i can remember that at spi you know initially i you know you get that when you become a paramedic you you know that you get the paragon thing going on oh, yeah. and you know you you show up on scene and you're like you know stand aside guys you're i got this man. you know <laughs> which which you soon learn that you know nothing could <laughs> be further from the truth you know honestly i used to i used to i used to think foolishly i'm like god i bet those guys are so excited when they see us walk through the door <laughs> yeah. you know and, and and then you know now that I'm on the fireside of it I'm like oh god but, well yeah <laughs> oh, well in some of that though you know in fact <laughs> you, you know when you were doing I get it back to like
3: what was I thinking yeah I'm like oh well no. in some of that though to, to that I mean when you were doing it. Uh, with SPI stuff, we didn't have as many paramedics Correct. on the fire department on the fire race that, that we didn't because it was all, you know, it was EMTs, yeah. and then you had a bunch of guys that were EMTIs, but we had very few paramedics unless they had already gone and got it or worked at SPI already yes. part-time, and then were on the fire department and were paramedics there. It wasn't until we started. You know, yeah. we didn't have any ALS engines. Oh, and, I know, yeah. You know, that None came along that. later, and now and you, we have how many? you
0: paramedics? talk about, there was a little bit of that feeling to me, I anyway, so. where yeah. you're working a code yep, and there isn't an ambulance available for like 15 minutes because yeah. they're out mm-hmm. in the county. SPI would be yes. out in the county yep. or yes. something. And yeah, it's like, dude, when you walked in, you're like, okay, this is what we needed because oh, we had no way to move this <laughs> person. I, like yeah. I, I know yeah. when I started oh2
3: like we were a provisional eye service. So you were supposed yeah. to have one guy that was oh, at least sure. in the EMTI could start an IV. But there was a lot of times you had three basics on the rig and that oh, was yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, so, yes, when the paramedics showed up, we were like, yeah, like there was relief there to be like, yeah, for sure. Do, all yours. do stuff now because <laughs> do you you, do you are the param yeah, yeah paramagician right. that can right. do the stuff that were, you know we yeah. can. But now it's it is it is different though because because we do have so many more paramedics. Like yeah. how many rigs have sure. a param, at least at least one paramedic on it, and then working in the firehouse with the medic crews and, and the response. You know, so it, it's different because it used to be more SPIs here. Let's hand the patient over sure. to you guys, and then we're going to step back and, you know, versus I think we interact or there's a lot more, everybody still works on the patient. It's so it dynamic, people, it's loaded. Yeah. It's, so it's, dynamic yeah, it's now. different now than, than, you know, when you used to run the service. So. Agree more. Crazy.
2: Yeah. You know, oh right. Compared and to. Yes. One, when you, yeah. When you look back at, at how that was in the past and at the time you thought, you know, and, and it was at the time, it was the, the, the best care oh, mm-hmm. that you could give. And, and yeah, you compare that to what we're doing now and, yeah. Uh, apples and oranges almost oh, yeah for but, sure uh, yeah you know there were i don't know what f- i mean maybe a handful of paramedics when i when i got hired yeah it wasn't just four wasn't or five a six maybe
1: yep. it just yeah. wasn't a thing Written, uh, paramedic heavy it's kind of slowly becoming that's around the nation too it's almost come to standard finally and there, there's yeah, places right. that it's the entrance requirement mm. to be a paramedic mm-hmm. to work for some fire departments yeah. and um, yeah, you know, not to. You know, SPI had some phenomenal paramedics, oh and it seemed like there was like I worked at SPI for a short amount of time right before it closed, yeah. and uh, yeah, there were there were like SPI names, but then when it transferred over, there were people that were like no, this this was my time, this is assigned to be done. Mm-hmm. There's there's we're still down to like just a handful of small people, and a lot of the leadership on the MS division are old SPI. Uh, employees right, right. But, and that's a lot of new faces young people new mm-hmm. generations and yeah. you know there's a there's that link from spi to the fire department you know you work at spi you get on the fire department people use it as a stepping stone mm-hmm. and then even on ems now how many people work on the ems division and then get a job offer yeah, on the fire just department and kind of a natural progression and then, progression, and then those yeah. people are replaced, and it's just it's kind of the cycle we've whether on purpose or not it's it's we've created
2: yeah yeah but, absolutely yeah but um yeah so i uh so i tested um I, I don't know I don't know what I did right, but I did something right <laughs> and got got on the list and um, you know got got hired in in '05, August of '05. So um, you know, like I said, it, I I always felt kind of bad that you know here's this bozo come in and you know this is his first time testing and gets on the list and gets hired and and there are guys you you know you guys all know them too guys that that go all over the country testing yeah. or mm-hmm. at least through the Midwest trying to get on a fire department and, um i don't know i just i i just kind of stumbled into it and i'm, I'm so thankful <laughs> i did yeah. mm-hmm. you know because it, it it's one of those it's one of those moments in your life at the risk of sounding melodramatic it's one of those moments in your life where um it completely changes the trajectory of of your future you know yep. um,
3: well that's you you locked in this is it's yeah. your career. Yes, I mean, there is exactly. no, like, you're locked. I mean, this is like, yeah, There, there's the stability. There's yeah. the, everything. I think the relief that comes out, like, you know you're locked in. Like, this is the next 30, you could yeah. be a 30, 20 years, mm-hmm. 25, 30 years or whatever, yeah. you know, to get that call. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it is. It relief is, it's is a, big a great thing. word for yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Because
2: yeah. I, you know, everything that I had done up to that point, even SPI, I mean, I had... I I had nothing in in place, no plan in place for my future, you know, Um, and, and yeah, relief sums it up best, just knowing that that you, you know, that you're taken care of now and, and that you're also taking care of your future and your wife and kids, and it's, yeah. It's uh, it's a game changer for sure.
1: Would you say you know you're talking about like you just took the test because someone I take it you're out nothing. But then once you made the list, did you get like way more excited? Oh, like, oh now I want yeah, more. Yeah, now than it's anything. like okay, this yeah. is this is <laughs> it's, real. It's what going I think time. about it, Yeah, right. it's, it's yeah. go yeah, time. Yeah, yeah and it's I was funny how that works.
2: I was 35 when I got hired, and at the time the age limit was 38. Um, okay, and they had hired. I can't remember how many people. I think you and you I got, were on the same list, weren't we? Um, were you no, because on my list,
3: because I got hired in 'O two. Yeah, so sorry. I right. been, so I think your guys' list might have been the one after, because yes. we came on like six months after, like Dusty and Jesse, and then you had, I think, like Bukite and Larry and um, I'm trying to remember who else. There was a third one with their group that got hired like a year after we did. So yeah. then it was somewhere in there was probably your list came on. Um yeah, I can't remember how. How, looked, who, who did how long did, did you? Like, so. oh, I'm
0: sorry. Oh, no, sorry. How long did you sit on the list before you got that? Call?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of where I was headed with that. Okay. Was I was on the list for a while, almost. I don't remember how close it was, but um, uh, talking to Rick, a guy that I was on the list with, and he was he was my age. He's a little bit older. I'm like, and we were doing the math, and we had one more test in us before we hit the age limit. Things. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, we can test one more time. So we were. We were kind of mentally preparing to test again, but then we got hired. So it's like, woo <laughs> Yeah. <And that's laughs> don't just for have to worry about People that. that don't know that don't know anything
0: about it. Like you can sit on a list for two years because it's a certified list for two years. At but the time if, depending it was a on the, year list, yeah. depending on the departments where they're at with hiring, you might not get hired. That yeah. might mm-hmm. be why you don't get hired. It's yeah. just it all depends where the department's hiring right. over. So yeah, a lot of, lot of ebb and ebb but and then that had to also psych you up too, just like when I got on seeing guys i mean they stay their whole career with cc fire mm-hmm. and like you know i'd worked a couple other places that kind of bounce around after you know that's oh this is the next step uh-huh. getting to where i want to be but like for most of us this is where we wanted to be and mm-hmm. then you get on and you're like that guy's been on since before I was born, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. it's cool to see that, and yeah. Then yeah. generations of guys, yeah. It's like, well, my dad worked there. I want to work there. Mm-hmm. Grandpa, great-grandpa, like, it's yeah. so cool that
2: we have that. And then to, I'm mean, not there yet, but you're kind of there with me to to kind of become that
4: senior I, veteran. What are you saying? I'm, yeah. yeah. You what are you saying? Well, well no, that's that like to, to be <laughs> a twi- to be the old 20 baller. year guy to get yeah.
3: hired. You know, because when I got hired, the guys that I was on that I had on on probation. Um, you know who are you know way later in their career now captains assistant chiefs whatever but you know whereas their drivers are newly promoted lieutenants and stuff with like 15 years on to me you Mm -hmm. know 15 years was like a long time like oh man that guy's seen some stuff you know and then Mm -hmm. you had seen a guy that was the 20 or 25 year guy and you're like you know, your eyes are getting this big. You know, these are yeah. just like, oh man, this guy. I'm a, you know, bro, this I'm under is no so illusion that <laughs> 15 years is a short time. <laughs> <Yeah>. I got <laughs> 20, like 20 left. Yeah, this 25 like, left. You know, sorry, 25. But these oh, are yeah. like salty left. guys. Yeah. You know, I come on the job and, at 21, so I mean, I got 34 years to, you know, till I can hit 55 retire. But yeah, so to now be in, in the blink of an eye. Be a twenty-year guy yeah. and sit there and like, man, I am like, it, I remember what it was like being on probation mm-hmm. and looking at the guys that had. 20, it doesn't feel like I'm a twenty-year guy. I you don't look feel like, like you're a yeah. twenty-year guy. <laughs> I, exactly. yeah. 20 year like you know, know. I, yeah, you don't feel like an old guy, even though like, I would have called myself an old guy when I got hired. Oh, God, but I'm yes. not. But I don't at, feel like at an
2: old the guy. stage that you're at now. Yes. yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you
1: don't feel like time is a flat circle.
3: Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> those guys said the same
4: thing. Probably. I don't, I, you, Probably. No, like, don't feel dude, like that. Dude, that either. I, yeah. I, I had uh, a
1: question for later. I'll bring it up now. No. Paul, you're 51? 54. 54. Oh, 54. Shit. 54. You are old. I know. <laughs> yeah. I told you. That's wow. a, I so didn't so put you a day just, over 58. Without, so that's you, pretty good. Without pulling on your ripcord here, you, 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 you're, you look good. You're in good shape. I remember the, the few months we worked together. You're always working out. Um, When did that kind of become a Big part of your life, and knowing like if I'm gonna, if I came on the career later and I'm gonna s- stay healthy through this career, how important physical fitness was gonna be for you and make it part of your routine.
2: Yeah, I think, I think you just kind of answered the question yourself there. Just knowing that, um, that yeah, that I was kind of behind the eight ball from an age standpoint, you know, when I got hired, and knowing and seeing, um, you know, guys that get hired at 22 24 years old, and and uh you know being invincible (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just knowing that if I you know yes this is my career now and if I'm going to make it last I'm going to have to do do what I can to make sure I make it as long as I can and get the most out of my career yeah 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 absolutely so what
3: so so what um with getting hired on the fire department then uh in that was oh five so um what was the what was it take with family? Did you have kids at that point? What was the, you know, wife? What did she think of the whole thing? I mean, what's, you know.
2: Yeah, I was married. Um, I got married in, oh, crap. <laughs>
4: early, we can, early, can edit this early out. Early 2000s.
2: 2000.
3: I think the outline says 2002. Yes, it's, it was o two. <laughs> you were going to get I there. I knew that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I got married in 2002, uh, first daughter in 2003, and then I had my second daughter um, she was born in February of 06 so I was on probation when my second daughter was born wow. so um, and it was honestly it was a pretty smooth transition because um, I I had not I hadn't even been working at SPI when I met my wife so she kind of knew that that old me mm-hmm. um, but she knew um, that that working at SPI was was a huge goal goal of mine so when I got hired there she was you know all for it and um, you know a, a little bit of adjustment on the shift work but again she you know bless her heart she knew that that's what I wanted to do so any any bumps along the road she was willing to put up with nice because yeah, yeah yeah which makes a world of difference and I'm, I'm super thankful that it was that way because you know that is an issue with some guys that get hired you know uh the you know getting acclimated to our schedule and 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 sometimes it can be rough on on relationships you know but uh i thankfully never had any of that so. okay.
3: well did you um with that with when you got hired and with having the kids and young and stuff did you work on your off days did you stay home with the with the kids what what did you yeah
2: i i initially um yeah when they were i had i'd worked i stayed on with spi part-time for another ten years, but it was very part time. And um, uh, but most of the time, I spent home with home with the kids, which no. which again, our schedule is is awesome from that aspect. I got to spend so much time with them at home, you know, before they went off to school. Mm-hmm. That you know, you can't ever get that time back. No. So um, it, you know, thankful and fortunate that I got to, I got yeah. to do that. You
3: know, I well, think like so. Ship gets to I myself do that right Yeah, I'm, I'm playing. Daddy daycare I love, yeah. like I on. love the Duck Parade every day. Dude, I'm just gonna say, I like, <laughs> I wait every day for like the Duck Parade, dude. He, that is so. It's fantastic. it's tough though
0: too, because of our schedule as well. Because you're gone for a whole day. So like, sure. he yeah. comes home from daycare yesterday, and she'll send me videos, and he walks to every room going, "Dad, uh, dad, dad." Oh, I'm like, "Why God. you send me that? Crap? No, yeah. Yeah. yeah, send me that. like, but dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, but it's just but." The time you get to spend when you're not here. You can be in a, as involved with things as yes. you, you guys know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, You can be as involved as you want. One of the best pieces of advice I got from a captain when I got on Sioux City here was you can either race to your your spot that you want to be at mm-hmm. and lose a bunch with your personal life and family. There is no alternative to that if you choose to do that path. Right, like you right. can't get that back. And I yeah. would strongly suggest to take your family in consideration. They're already making a sacrifice with us doing this yeah. job too. Just take that time and cherish it because, yeah. like you said, until you're in it, yeah. you don't realize it. And yeah. I, I thought I knew about it, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get into it and you're like, okay, I had no idea. Oh, what yeah. I was well, like Paul about, said, it,
3: it, hit hard, it on it hard. Like that, there is no getting that back. No, when the no. kids are that little, yeah. and they and all the new things that they learn and the experiences yeah. that you can't because once it's gone you're gone right. you know and my God, my oldest is you know he's a senior in high school this year a few months you know it's yeah. going to be college and off. And my daughter will turn 15 here in May yeah. and you know it's gone in the blink of an blink eye of an you eye, know and there's know there's <laughs> Well, teenagers are a whole nother, yeah. that's a whole nother it's thing. Whole but, other you know, some days, you know, <laughs> to just to go back when they were just, you know, and it was just the simplest things, yeah. of just being in the backyard and just pushing somebody in a swing, you know, yeah, and just in yeah. that those days are gone yeah. and you don't get them back, you know. So, yeah, Absolutely. just yeah, I,
2: I preach that to anyone and everyone that will listen to the, you know, to the younger guys that that haven't reached that stage yet, you know. And I understand the guys that that work. Jobs on their oh, days yeah, off. And, you know, yeah, we sure. all have reasons for doing what we do. You know, but if if you can pull it off at all, if it's at all possible, you know, spend those days off with your kids at home. Because sure. mm-hmm. you know, uh, we, you know, my wife has always been very good about understanding. Um, you know, like like holidays, Christmas and and Easter. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those that you have to work, like yeah, that kind of stinks, but. But you can reschedule those. Yeah, you know, for you sure. can do that the day before, yeah. or the day after. But, but the you know the the choir concerts and the the yeah. softball games and all of that stuff, you can't reschedule that stuff. Yeah. So. I thought we
0: were going to get into this a little later, but <laughs> having experienced that with like my old man, yeah. you know, he had to travel around the state working. Oh, yeah, he he didn't make a lot of my stuff, and it takes you until you get later into life to kind of understand where right. that's coming mm-hmm. from. Yeah. You know, it's coming from a good place. Like he's mm-hmm. trying to provide for his family. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he even says like, he got to my younger sister, showed up way more for that stuff. Made mm-hmm. it like, but he changed jobs too. You know, he yeah. became fire chief instead of a state, state fire fire, fire marshal. Yeah. Sure, and now my little sister, it's like a whole new like set of parents for it, which uh, it's good. But yeah, he said, dude, he's there for all of her stuff yeah, basically yeah, yeah. i'm happy for that absolutely but yeah. you like, but at the same time being you're in like, that position you're like yeah it kind of me, does suck you know, know a lot of times dad not being in the stands at certain things yep. or being able to but they did a really good job of teaching me like there's a reason he's doing this and it, it's for you that's just it Yeah, it's for your kids right. it's for your family totally understand it his yeah. passion for the job like i, I would never mm-hmm. take that right. away from any of us either yeah. we're like this is this is all I want to do this is my life outside of my life sure so yeah.
1: When we get to peer support, make sure we talk about them, like the effects of job versus family, and mm-hmm. you know, making yeah. sure how you separate and leave work at work. And yeah, yeah, um, that's huge. Yeah. So, so ahead I, ahead I ripped toward... up, I crumpled up my outline. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's but, good. Well, much it's good. It's good. It's okay. How much yeah. better yeah. is this? But I do want. To yeah. so you, you get, uh, you came on. If I remember right, you were with Garrett, John, Renschler. Yeah, five of us. And Rick Pickle, Rick. Yes,
2: Rick Schroeder, Garrett Soldati, John Renschler, and Nick Roth. Nick yep. and, and
1: one, myself. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. What was? We'll go on a tangent. What was just real quick? What was young Nick Roth like? Because <laughs> I've heard, I've heard like he was. Nick was like straight out of the basement, Nintendo sixty four. Like, hey, straight I'm, I'm, I'm here. I've heard if that. So, if he gets so, a hold of you, so hold, oh, like, I can't yeah. wait to see Nick what he'll throw me through the wall. Mongo yeah. mad. He's, yes. a, he's Nick Strong. But if you don't mind, yeah, Nick, I uh, love you. Nick, Please don't hurt I know me. <laughs> uh,
2: unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't know Rick all, or I'm sorry, Nick, all that well because Rick and I were on one shift and. Nick, Garrett, and John. Were okay, that's right. No, yeah. So I only knew Nick from the first three weeks. You know, it's hard to tell. But And he, all you
0: heard was, those guys are terrible. Yeah, and all like, they heard oh was, God. those guys are terrible. Yeah. yeah.
2: It was pretty cool because Rick, Rick Schroeder and I came on together, and he and I um, had been really good friends for years before uh, the fire department. And uh, uh, he and I just ended up testing at the same time and getting hired at the, at the oh, same nice. time. Wow. And then being assigned to the same shift together, it was, you know, it was, it was fate. That's but cool. It was a blast. Perfect. Was, yeah. Rick's a good guy. Yeah. It helps so, you. You know, you know, your probie partner. Going yeah. On, big time. You Not know how many people get that? Yeah. Yeah. We'd known each other for years. Yeah, so. that's, oh, cool. that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah,
0: a well, rarity, I think. Yeah. yeah. Of, other than a couple here and there, but that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, we got, cause we're going to, we're going to get into peer support. You know, I think we're, we'll, we'll eventually we'll take a little break before we get to there, but a couple more, you know, questions. I know you wanted to kinda of talk about the, the kitchen table a little bit and the stuff that, yeah. that happens. You know, we kinda of talked about that on one of our episodes before anyways, but I know you kinda of had it to Right. Some things to add to that. Was
2: and that your I, I asked you but I forget, was that your second was that your first that, episode or yeah, second, it was cool second, second yeah. episode. That, that you were talking about the importance Just of rushed over it. Yeah, of, yeah. To, and and the, the kitchen table being such a such a vital part of that station and that crew and um, You know, whenever I go to talk to somebody about, you know, peer support or mental health issues or whatever, I always tell them I'm like the best therapist that you have is that kitchen table, Um, you know, and and I always encourage crews if they don't already, most of them do, but I encourage crews if they don't already to, you know, after a stressful call, come back, sit down at the table, you know, grab a water or a monster or whatever and say what's on your mind, you know. Mm -hmm uh yeah one of the most therapeutic things that we have is just sitting down at that table and while we're talking about this
0: mind. i'm sorry i would like to get this out there so <laughs> <Please
4: do. laughs> i've been
0: on, i've been on one today ben can attest to this earlier yeah, in the gym, but um <laughs> that kitchen table it seems like we get less and less time to actually sit around that thing and like be together so when you're yeah. there be there yeah. be present yeah. put the phone away that's the thing i see all the time now like I might be guilty of it every now and then chances are i'm looking up something fire related though because i'm a nerd but or music sounds yes. stupid <laughs> um, not not really mindlessly scrolling but put the phone away and be present and actually like if you're gonna eat a meal together eat the meal together and talk yeah. don't be like on your phone taking a bite in right. between scrolling right. like yeah. it, nobody needs more doom scrolling than we get nowadays yeah there's enough doom and gloom in our own personal lives. We don't need to go looking for it. We like, <laughs> don't need extra It's shoved in our faces. But yeah, what I'm saying, like, to add to what you were talking about, like, if you're at the kitchen table, be present mm-hmm. at the kitchen table. That's how people get to know each other. That's yes. how people get to know you. So you can't say, well, no one gets me or no one understands well then, be present. You know? and yeah. Show yeah. them who you are. That's, like,
2: that's on you, you. I know, if you're I know not that's like a
0: that's a new, that's a generational yeah. thing. It, it sounded yeah. like a boomer
2: yeah. right now. No, but I, know. I do that too. It's easy enough to, to
3: do that for, people so it's, who, it's, who same you the Same thing at home. You know, when you're at home and stuff with yeah. the kids or whatever. You know, like you said, it is kind of because you know we didn't have the cell phones as much, you know, and all that stuff. But and you were more present. But you know, it's 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 the society we live in, and we're all like plugged into everything and stuff and. Um, but, yeah, just to if nothing else, at least at dinner time, or we're going to have these conversations, just sit and just, yeah, just right. put, them, put the electronics away just yeah. for, you know, even at, at 10 minutes. Yeah. makes a huge oh difference. Oh, my God. Like, know? and it's if like you're struggling, there's a hundred
0: percent chance people at the table have been through a similar situation. It might not be exactly the same, yeah. but they know where yeah. you're coming from. Because yeah. whether we want to say it or not, we've all felt the certain same
1: things at a certain point in our life. It all is different. Yes. No matter but. the no matter the scenario. No.
2: Yeah.
4: Exactly. Absolutely. Paul, Paul, you
1: um, brought up a good point. You were talking about how the best therapist can be going there. I think a the good point to remember is then when when people are talking that they might be venting and whether maybe it's something about work then they're talking about, like other you know another maybe the first shift you know did something wrong or oh, yeah. or they don't like the way an assistant chief went about something. To, to be like, hey, that person's probably more likely just venting and to not get <laughs> too worked up about it or make a big stink or be like, oh, that guy was saying stuff about so and so, just to be like. Uh, that guy's getting some stuff off his chest, yeah. and then 24 hours from now, he's gonna forget all about it, no longer care, and right. that's not an issue. Yeah. not make you know. If you hear some some stuff, you're like, oh, let's not make a mountain out of this. Yeah. Exactly. So yes. And some of those negative vibes, we can kind of yeah. We it's can kind exactly. of. Yeah, yeah, there's a big that difference stuff. between that, that actually complaining
0: mm-hmm. about something or someone and venting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can attest to doing that <laughs> because yeah. I do that, and when it comes out, it sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah. To, for lack of better terms. But I'm just getting out what I'm feeling in the moment, and mm-hmm. then I go right back to I'm good now. Yeah, good. all yeah. right. Whatever. I'm good, yep. thanks. I, need, I just yeah. needed to get you that, that outlet, out. Yep. you know. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and and that's the don't d- talk to my wife, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes that, you know, <sighs> <it's laughs> that. yeah, venting is huge, and it's it's yeah, it's a it's a vital part of, of of our of our healing, you know. Just like you said, getting that stuff off your chest, no matter how inconsequential, you know. Third shift didn't get fuel for the third shift in a row. And you know and 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 the 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 important thing is 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 to be able to listen to that and and recognize um, you know what's just venting and and honestly sometimes if you let them vent long enough it will lead to the source of the venting for sure. you know maybe maybe third shift hasn't gotten fuel uh, you know for three shifts in a row and that you know, that means and I'm I'm oversimplifying here, but you know, that means that they don't care about this and that's you know, and kinda like my wife doesn't care about when I you know, and, yeah, and one thing to kind of okay. another and pretty mm-hmm. soon okay. they're talking about something going on at home or outside of Outside of the yeah. job, you know. For
1: but, sure. uh, It sounds like we're segueing into where we want to go. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about cell
2: with phones real quick because okay. um, yeah. yeah, I just threw I,
1: mine up here because I,
0: I had it in my pocket, but I'm yeah. like, I just want to get it away from at, you. I'm, I'm so sorry about as bad that as anybody. Really.
3: I, I I That's where I put. In, I try to put it with the screen down but, sometimes yeah, yeah, and sure. I post like that because then it's not. I don't want to. If you. Baker tells me to your an idiot, I don't want to read that. It's
2: Another negative thing I'm done. Yeah. But you know. And again, I'm I'm not preaching because I'm I'm as bad as the next guy about being on that stupid thing. But um, very long, convoluted story. But I took my youngest to see Harry Styles, to a Harry yeah, Styles. Yeah, took concert. your
0: youngest to see Harry Styles. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but before we went, when we were at the concert before it started, I, I told her I said, um, I want you to enjoy this. Um, I let me take care of pictures, mm-hmm. videos, any of that stuff, I want you to, like, just put your phone down, not worry about, you know, uh, Snapchat or TikTok or whatever. Put your phone down and just enjoy the moment. And and, and she agreed wholeheartedly. Of course, she still was, was on it, but I, I think not nearly as much as she would have been,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know. Um, and that's, you know, I don't know. We're getting back to music, but that's, you know, you go to any concert now and every Dude. Every single person is holding yeah. up a cell phone, and I love going back and watching um, concert footage from like the you know the seventies, eighties, and nineties. And every single person there is just there in the moment. You know, mm-hmm. there were no cell phones, obviously, but um, uh, I kind of I kind of miss that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's important to. To make sure that you don't get caught up in that, and just learn to live in the moment. Yeah, I that's, just I saw Lebron James
1: hit like his four millionth point <laughs> or something the other week, yeah. and uh, they showed the shot where he's in the air, he's making you know the shot, and everybody but like one guy had a phone out, was taking a photo. It's 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 where it's going, but yeah. I, yeah.
0: So the last concert I went to that actually didn't allow phones was Tool.
1: Oh,
2: nice! Wow. Yeah.
0: They, he find like there was a person just. Kitty corner from where we were that whipped their phone out security immediately took them out wow, but really? wow. that's how strict like maynard yeah. is about his shows but mm-hmm. he finally said you've been good little girls and boys you can take your phone out for this song and so we could we all we all yeah, everybody yeah. because you're like dude yeah. it's a it's like a bad thing we can't right. do it and then they let it happen yeah like, one song
4: yeah but <laughs> it was it was it cool. was amazing like though yeah. it was
0: like that's you, the way it's supposed to be it so in its purest more. form so it's like yeah yeah anyway i'm with you on that (laughs) back in my day we didn't have (laughs) the
4: phones so so,
3: face page one (laughs) question i i I do have back to you know um back to the job and stuff and just because you know paul you've been you know around the block a little bit with with spi and then and then coming here and stuff is um and the and me being on you know for a while and stuff but what what do you think as far as like our biggest changes that we've done in like techniques or different skills oh, that we man. use, you know, that, that you've seen like over your career, Great you know, question.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the...
3: Cause like I, you know, I think yeah. the biggest thing for me, like that I could think of off the top of my head is, is our pit crew CPR. Yes. You know, where, yeah. where before it was always, and I'll tell you like, cause I would have been one that would have tested. I think when I, I had my first ever code, I was an EMT basic working on a basics BLS service in Eveleth, Minnesota. And it was me and, and uh, Steve scores. Like there's just, or, uh, there's two, two of us there. And, um, we went to a hotel for a guy that had coded and stuff. And I mean, and I, we're talking like, this is my maybe second or third shift ever yeah. working on yeah. an ambulance, just out of EMT as out of basic school, you know? So my eyes are like, I mean, this dude gets shocked. I mean, everything. So like, but I would have told you, you know, from then, you know, forward going that as far as saves and everything that that cpr was was not a thing like mm. you coded you're done i mean pretty much like right. there there is no coming back from that and now you know with this pit crew cpr that we're doing i like i've seen more rosk on scene yeah where somebody is is drt when we get there you know dead right there i mean and we literally by the time you get to the hospital, they're talking to you, and yeah. you're explaining to them everything that you did. It is incredible that what we're seeing, and to me, that's like that's one of the biggest, I think, technique things or something
2: that, that I've seen. You know? Absolutely, a great point. Yeah. Um, yeah. As kind of a side note, I had a crazy thing the other day. I when I volunteered in South Sioux, um, I can remember uh, coding a guy that worked at Everett's Furniture, a big furniture store over in South Sioux. And um, the, the reason I remember him is because in my, you know, 20, 20 plus years of doing this, I can probably name on one hand people that I have not just gotten back, but people that, that we've gotten back that have gone on to lead a productive life.
4: You like know, no discharge deficit for no deficit of, yeah. discharge yeah.
2: from the hospital and and resume a normal life. I you know I think I would struggle to to name five. But um so we got called to an acar- apartment complex last week. Uh and I don't remember the nature of the call. It was it's not important, but um we were asking this guy his previous history and um he was in his late 80s. And he said Well, I died once, and, you know, so Mm -hmm. we're all kind of like, oh, really, do tell. (laughs) Sure you did. Um, So he starts, uh, you know, so we're like, what do you mean you died? And he said, well, I was at work at Everett's Furniture, (laughs) and – down I went. I don't remember a thing, and the guys there got me back, and, and so so it was the same guy. Wow, that's so cool. which just blew crazy. my mind. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, and he was at a, a, a like an assisted living facility here in Sioux City. It was the same exact guy. I'm like, oh my god,
0: that was me. I know you. Yeah, it wasn't like.
2: Yeah, did it I, flood I was, back
0: like immediately, or did you?
2: As soon as as soon as he said. Um, something clicked when he said everett's furniture and th- and that he had arrested in everett's furniture I'm like it's gotta be the same yeah. guy mm-hmm. um so i was I was just blown away and I'm and you know i was I was like I was on that call that I, I was part of that and it, yeah. it was lost on him mm-hmm. you know because yeah. uh, you know because he's old.
4: And, you know. <laughs> he, it's not you know, like the movies, does. kids. Yeah, I, it's I, not like yes, the movies. I think
2: I think for just that that nanosecond, I expected to have like this. Heart-to-heart. Heart yeah, yeah, this reunion the of like, oh, of you like, saved my life. Yeah. And, you know, nope. he was. It's like, he yeah, says, so I anyway, I've, yeah. I've got some heart problems. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. you know, he went on with his story. I'm like, oh
3: but still, that is like you. just, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Inc- that is, I that mean, that. that's incredible. Like, yeah, yeah. again, just odds? to say, like, you were, he was DRT here, oh, yeah. how many years later? Still yeah. kicking, and you're there like, there you are. That yeah. is insane. So, was, I mean, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, best. it's not like TV that they remember, but <laughs> no, it is kind of like TV <laughs> that we literally do save people yeah. and bring people sure. yeah. back. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. reach into the, 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 right into the, you know, the depths and just yeah. pull somebody right back from you know, and take from them hell? Right from, Because <laughs> yeah. most people are going to hell. Is that what you meant by yeah. death? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, I was just Weird. like, you know, like death's not taking them today. We're bringing them back, you know, that's the way it's doing it.
2: sorry, that's a good transition uh, I, no, I, you I, asked um, the changes. Biggest yeah. changes, and and probably associated with that, I you know my the first thing that pops in my head is probably technology. Mm-hmm. Um, technology as it pertains to EMS. Um, you know, when I started, we had the the Life Pack tens, which were just these ginormous boat anchors. That you know, we when I started, we didn't even have like patches we still did the oh, yeah. paddle oh, thing, yeah. which is pretty cool yeah but it's hard you know hard to get a good shock with the paddles thing but so we had a life pack 10 that had paddles and um you know and a three lead and and that was it wow. and um you know to to try and treat and diagnose uh uh you know a heart attack or anything cardiac related with those it was just it, it, it was so um you know so archaic and and now you know. Fast forward to now, and we have the LifePack 15s, and we're doing 12 leads. Um, we're transmitting 12 leads to hospitals, giving them advance notice. So as soon as we hit the door, they're going straight to cath lab. Um, the entitled thing, yeah. The cap and well, the capnography thing, and stuff. Capnography, yeah. yeah. So probably just uh, just the medical advances in in technology that have that have resulted in so much better patient care. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. ability to just see so much more of what's going on. That that's the first thing yeah, you Yeah to do you talk know. about well, like I think
0: throwing a three lead on a patient to now we can pinpoint where they're having yeah. a heart attack. Yeah. Basically, you yeah. know what I mean? Yep.
1: Yeah. Do you with a physician,
0: yes, you know, backing yeah. that up. But like yeah. It's yeah. crazy.
3: Well, you, I uh, think the the sepsis alerts, the stroke alerts, the stem all alerts, all those things that yeah. we call so much more that we're finding yeah. and can see, and we have protocols, we have all this. You know yeah. that adds into all that too. Yeah.
2: And honestly, from from a a a, a compassion more a moral compassion standpoint, um, our our ability now to call patients on scene. Oh. Oh. Right. Yeah. I oh, yeah. uh, that's that's huge. There's, you know, anyone that has ever, uh, you know, coded someone, it, it it's awful. It's it's just barbaric. And, you know, in the past, you take these 95-year-old people that you know have absolutely zero chance of ever coming
0: back. Unknown downtime. Yes. Yeah, 95. Laundry list of the health CPR problems. and yeah. the drugs
2: and yep. in and it's it's just awful. And yep. and, you know, for families to have to see that and and put their loved one through that, if you will, right? Yeah. And and you know, please don't get me wrong. Every every situation's different. Every life know? deserves mm-hmm. saving too. Yeah, yep. Absolutely, yes. And and that's obviously not to say that we don't try yeah. anymore. Yeah. but 100%. our ability to uh, Sorry, to do a code on scene, um, everything that they would be doing at the hospital, mm-hmm. and and to not. Get anything out of that, and to be able to call them on scene, I think is is so much uh, is so much better for families and, mm-hmm. and for us too yeah. to just be able to yeah to just stop and let them let them go in peace. Well, I think it puts know? more
4: importance
0: and uh, value on our education and skills. Absolutely, it's, it's yes. like saying, "Well, you guys are there. You're my eyes." Basically, is yeah. what the doctors are saying. You Huge. are my eyes, and I trust what you're saying and Huge. seeing and hearing yes. and on scene. Yep, we're comfortable with that. Yeah, that that's amazing. That's amazing that's a, that's to come from where it was, you know. Yeah. Like you said, it's like no, you bring them in, and that's okay. some trust, man, and yeah, that puts value on our people. I Absolutely, think.
2: And, and it does. You're right. It shows yeah. that it shows that our medical director and everyone involved believes yeah. in us and and our ability to. To paint clearer a clearer picture of what we're doing. would
1: yeah. you have? Oh, I was, was going to yeah, ask sorry. Do you. Do you, uh, do you clipboard or do you iPad with the I, oh, ESO? That's, that's, that's a, a good question. Yeah, I, I still like that. clipboard. That's still a great question. I, I slowly see more and more uh, yeah. using ESO. You clipboard. put your vitals in right there, and then it's already in the keyboard. I know it. Yeah. I
3: feel bad about clipboard because, like, I was, you know, how many years ago, I, I would have pushed for electronic PCRs and apps to do all this stuff mm-hmm. on and, just, and wanted that, mm-hmm. and now we have it.
4: And, I and you know, don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> I still clipboard. We don't even yeah. have it on Squad Three. Really?
2: So. Oh, I didn't. Know. No clipboard. Uh, it's all iPad. Huh? No, no iPad. Oh, no. So oh, oh, yeah. You don't get an option. You do yeah, all yeah, clipboard.
3: Yeah. Gotcha. I, it's I will fine. say when I do decide to take it Which out, okay. like when we, yeah, we're, if we run a call okay. of forty-nine, not complaining. Um, I will iPad there, and mm-hmm. it's, it's. I mean, it's pretty handy. It you is. know, you're, yeah. you know, if you get used to it, practice. Sure. I think you'd get pretty good. Sometimes I just think the pen is quicker to just. John it something
2: is down for me we
1: like it. it helps our EMS crews because they feel even, way less the bad about and everything, throwing they don't that, that time stamp on the the, iPad yes
0: but I would gladly throw the iPad too most days but the clipboard <laughs> I can just kind of
1: toss over and oh, yeah.
0: do whatever so. yeah. why don't we take a quick
1: quick break we'll come back and then we'll finish with okay. you we you said in the before you want to talk about your career from but also peer support and tie yes. in the one big kind of story okay. so we'll break and then we'll come back and finish with that
4: perfect awesome. For that, stuck around for that first hour and
1: 20 minutes. Uh, We did not, (laughs) we're going to start with the peer support stuff now. So that was the meat and potatoes of our episode here. And we got a lot of some sidetracks, which is good. We had, those are fun conversations. If you're still
2: here for it, congratulations. (laughs) But uh, for those of you who don't know,
1: Paul Hendrickson, uh, he is the head of the peer support team on Sioux City Fire Rescue. And uh, peer support is, we talked about changes earlier. That's probably another recent change that's really Mm -hmm. taken over by storm. Um, They're, I, I'm not an expert in it, and you are, so we're going to let you talk. But the the effects on mental health and the work environment that we're in, the stats scream off the charts compared to, no. uh, I'd, I'd say, a normal job if that exists. So – Talk about peer
2: support. Yeah. What, what is
1: the peer support team?
2: How did it start, and why do you do it? Yeah, great point, and that that ties in with that question earlier about changes mm-hmm. that I've seen in my career. And, and, and you've probably even seen this. You've been on yeah, – About five years. Five. It, it, you've probably seen an increase in this just in your short time, I'm guessing. Yes. But, um, you know, like like when Phil and I started and, and – um, maybe even Devin but you know I know Phil and I for sure that Mm -hmm. when we started there was there was nothing there there was no when I got into it there the only thing that you um, were told about mental health or difficulties with calls or anything was that you don't talk about it Right. Um, it's you know it's just something that you don't talk about because um, you know, it, it tied in with the stigma of it, and the you know the the hero aspect, if you will. That you know, if if you admit that you're having troubles with something, then that means you're weak, and you're probably not capable of doing right. the and you're job. You're not fit for this. Yeah, for this line not of work. fit for this line of work. Exactly. Yeah. I um and, and and I can talk about it later, but but yeah, I've I had a few um, I had a few experiences like that early on in my career that, um that yeah that really made me question i'm like well maybe i'm not cut out for this you know and and that's 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 too bad but anyway i i I digress but um so yeah um mental health as it pertains to first responders is is a relatively new concept in the in the landscape of a fire service And, and you know i i try to include everybody so i i try to save first responders, you know, because it affects everybody, fire, ambulance, police, dispatch, um, you know, all of the people involved in the system, but, um, you know, so if I, I say firefighters, I'm still talking about everybody, you know, but, um, you know, in the past, it was just ignored, and just recently, um, it, it's, you know, mental health and its effects on first responders is, is slowly Coming into the conversation, and now that they're starting, you know, still not 100% reliable statistics, but now that they're starting to at least track some of this stuff, uh, you're right. It's, we're off the charts. Um, our, uh, you know, first responders have a 20% chance of being diagnosed with PTSD, you know, as opposed to, uh, you know, six, 8% like general population. General public, yeah. yeah. Um, militaries around 11. And again, these percentages are kind of ballparks because I don't have 100% accurate data. But, um, you know, so 20% PTSD, the, um, you know, suicides, the last two years, um, suicides have exceeded line-of-duty deaths in firefighters. And, you know, there's always so much talk about line-of-duty deaths. And, um, and, and, yes, while those are terrible, we're not talking about the suicides that, that could also be considered a line of duty death, you know. Um, yeah, so increased suicide, substance abuse, um, marital issues, the list goes on and on and on. And um, this job absolutely will affect you. Um, not, it's not a matter of if but when, you know. Um, my, <clears throat> excuse me, my wife will be the first one to tell you that, um, that I'm not the same person that I was when she met me. And if I was, if she were meeting me today, she probably wouldn't have anything to do with me, you know? Um, and and I wish, you know, I wish I could blame all of it on the fire service, you know? But there are other f- things that factor in, but the, you know, fire service is absolutely one of them. Um, you know, the, the normal person isn't equipped to deal with some of the traumatic stuff that we see, you know, so we, um, So we've got to talk about it and we've got to find ways to treat the people that we have now and also make the new people coming in, let them be aware that, hey, this is gonna happen to you. Um, And one of the ways that we do that is through the peer support team. Um, It was, um, you know, peer support in general has been around for a while, but the IAFF is the one that came up with peer support for uh, firefighters back in 2015, I believe it was. Um, the original team leader was Captain Wynn out at Station 4. He's mm-hmm. the one that spearheaded, and uh, I give every ounce of credit to him for getting this peer support thing up and running. He's the one that um, – he. I talked to him about it the other day. Apparently he was, was at a uh, health and safety meeting, that he was talking to our old training officer, uh, Captain Bennett. And I, he, the way DJ explained it, he said uh, something – Something had come across uh, Captain Bennett's desk about the IAFF and offering a peer support team. And um, at the time we had a CISM team, Critical Incident Stress Management. Uh-huh. And we'll talk about the difference between the two in a little bit here. But um, at the time we had a CSM team in place, but no peer support obviously. So he handed that off to DJ and said, hey, why don't you look into this and see, see what you can figure out. So, um, So DJ took it and hit the ground running and um, assembled a team. He and uh, Lieutenant McClure, I believe, were the first two to take the mm-hmm. the peer support class, and then I was the class afterwards. I took it with Nick Roth. Um, so I've I've been in peer support since 2016, and then in 2020 is when I became team leader. So gotcha, and yeah.
1: obviously have. Uh, from from my perspective, it looks like you have an extra passion for it. It's not just something you just. Ah, that sounds like something you do. you really do care about that uh, that movement, but that whole topic as a whole, and um, it's something you're drawn to. Uh, where where does that come from? Yeah,
2: that's that's a good question. I I I don't know. Other than the fact that I'm I'm kind of an empath by nature. I don't uh, you know, which it's funny because um, people people that know me but don't really know me would probably be like ah. You are not. You're an <laughs> asshole, you know. <laughs> but um, I, I am. I'm one of those people that just hates to see other people suffer, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and um, this job has absolutely affected me, um, you know, from a mental health standpoint. I struggled for years with um, anger issues and, um, and, and, you know, a lot of this stuff at the time, I didn't realize that I had until I finally, finally broke down and started seeing a therapist, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, and um, PTSD, and which, which was a hard diagnosis for me to swallow. You mm-hmm. know, what because I so she, she was telling me this, and I, I said. Did you say PTSD? You know, because in in my mind and most people minds when you when you think of PTSD you think of you think of the, the, well, like the, the last 20 military. years, military, mil- uh, military, military and stuff and like military, like, yeah. military. Yeah. Yeah. Iraq, yeah. Afghanistan yeah. Yeah. and 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 these guys yeah. that are in the military that are in these horrible firefights and 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 see, see their the, buddy get yeah, killed see and, the yeah. most horrific things and and it I really struggled with being um, lumped into that same category Mm -hmm. you know i i didn't feel i didn't feel that my issues were worthy of that designation you know what i mean like save that diagnosis for somebody that's really messed up because i'm not that bad Mm -hmm. well i am just in different ways Mm -hmm. you know um so so that was that was that took some getting used to you know and 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 what helped me with that was um just learning more about what ptsd um, you know, you get this thought in your mind that anyone that has that diagnosis is somebody that's you know curled up in a corner somewhere and isn't able to function, and loud noises set them off, and and so on, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. It's a, it's a, it's a multifaceted disease that to be diagnosed with it has a huge list of of criteria, if you will, you know. Um, if you experience two of these symptoms for more than six months or one of these symptoms for more than two months or, you know, it's, it's a very lengthy process to, to have the official diagnosis, if you will. But, um, you know, so that's helped just understanding more about it yeah. and that it's not always going to be, uh, y- you know, you can, you can have it and still function and, and it's something that you can work on and something that you can recover from you know but it, it took me a long time to get to that realization yeah. I'm, I'm
1: glad you explained that because i don't feel like many people know that you know if you go to the if you got diagnosed uh, with let's say your acl tour you know yeah. whether it's, it's oh it's a complete tear it's really bad you're going to need a month or a year of rehab versus i oh, you, you sprained it but ptsd they don't rate it how like oh it's a grade 17 right. tear it's just you have ptsd and ptsd covers like you said the you know the are the veterans that spent the last twenty some years of the war mm-hmm. on terror that you get lumped into, or, or me, and yes. it's it's like what's the difference? Well, there is a difference. We don't rate it. We don't rank it. It's just kind of one big yeah swimming pool. Yeah. Is there is
3: there a number like, because like you said, you know, until you went in, you wouldn't have known. You know, is is yeah. a, is there like a statistic out there a number that says like how many. In the first responder community, stuff would be like our undiagnosed PTSD, like, oh, man. Uh, like have PTSD I think it's and don't so even know new. I mean, is yeah. it you know? Are we? You know, I, I know, what, like you said, like twenty percent more likely to have that, right? But I mean, I guess yeah. if the numbers, if we're not even tracking, if you s- could be like, yeah, fifty percent of the department is probably has PTSD, doesn't even know it. I mean, is, there's nothing?
2: I I would hate to speculate because yeah, yeah, uh, it, yeah. Um, suffice it to say that that there are. I'm, I'm guessing there are probably more people that, that could be diagnosed with PTSD that are, that are undiagnosed mm-hmm. as opposed to ones that have actually been diagnosed with it. Because, yeah. yep. you, know, you, you know, and it comes back to that mental health, the, the whole stigma around mental health, you know, and it's, it's getting better, but it's still out there, you know. Um, you know, that's a great analogy. You know, people, and, and it's a similar one that I use, when, when people have a physical ailment, you can mm-hmm. show them, you know, uh, I have hypertension. Oh yeah, prove it. okay. Take my blood pressure, yeah. you know. Um, I have a generalized anxiety disorder. Oh yeah, prove it. Well, I can't. Mm-hmm. You know I, I, think, I think people like to be able to see for themselves that, that you have some type of injury, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and we're taught, society teaches us that any type of mental issue that you have is something that you should be able to control. You know, just, you know, and, and, and we still do it, and I do it myself, you, yeah. know, uh, you know, settle down. You know, don't freak out. What? Why are you angry? You know, all of these questions, all of these things that we say to people, um, that, you know, we're doing them a disservice by um, you know not recognizing what's really going on, but, um, You know, so yes, there's a stigma with mental health that that guys are just not... There was was one study I read um, that estimated 92% of first responders don't come forward with mental health issues because they're afraid of the stigma attached to it, whether that's, you know, afraid of losing their job or being demoted or, uh, uh, you know, labeled, whatever the reason is. It's a huge percentage of people that are still trying to overcome that, and it's it's too bad, you know, because it's... It's a, it, it's a medical issue like anything else that we have, but yeah. um, it, it's getting better, but a long ways to go. You know? Yeah, I, know. I know we want to let you continue with it. No, you like I know a lot
0: of people are, it's a self-stigma too, right. to where you're inside your own yeah. head already, yep. and now you have these new pieces of information coming at you about, oh, I just got diagnosed with this, but you have a built-up stigma about that On your own without outside influence already because you have all the your own self that you have to deal with already yeah no yeah no worse critic than now you're like great okay maybe i'm not fit to do this job like you were talking about and that's sometimes that just stems from yourself yeah you know Mm -hmm. but yeah definitely how it used to be we're miles ahead of where it was even when i started so it's leaps and bounds a lot of that
1: outside stigma i think has gone away yeah and i hope that's the way other people feel but yeah, it's it's not so much to put you out to pasture and be like okay you know now you just live with this it's how to function with it and still do the job and keep doing the job absolutely and, you know if you get we got guys that you know they have their shoulder surgery and they, they have to stretch more or maybe do yoga or whatever it is to keep that shoulder in working condition well it's the same thing with your brain yeah yeah you has it's, gotta it's always, to rehab yeah. it and therapy it and keep it in good shape yeah. so you can do this job for 25 30 sure. years whatever it is and then yeah. retire or 25 retire years. And yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs>
2: And and yeah, it, you're absolutely right. It, but that's it, it, it's hard to do. You know, it's hard to, it, it's hard to make that leap. And um, one of the hardest things that I had to do, and 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 many other people feel the same way, is is realizing that you need help. That you need to ask for outside help. That whatever coping mechanisms you have, whatever methodology you have for dealing with your stress is not working and um it's actually getting worse and if i don't take care of this soon then i don't know what's going to happen you know it, it, it's hard and i i love it when guys for lack of better term love it. it it makes me feel good when guys come up to me and say hey can i get a number for a therapist like good job you know, cause that is so hard. Yeah. It's so hard to, cause again, we think it's something that we should be able to figure out ourselves and we're beating ourselves up mm-hmm. and, um, to recognize that and, and to recognize the need for outside help is, is huge. Yeah. It's
0: awesome. I think, uh, while we're talking about it, just like the step you have to take to try and find a therapist yourself, but to ask you that's huge yeah. to even approach someone else to be like, Hey, yeah, I need to right get some help and do you have a number for a therapist yeah
2: and and when I when I took over the peer support team I I knew that if I you know if, if if I was gonna have any credibility and if if I was gonna stand in front of you guys and talk about mental health and taking care of yourselves then I had to be open with you guys about how it's affected me Um, you know, because my hope is always, I understand it's not for everybody. And I know that I'm not going to impact every single person that I talk to. Honestly, I'm shooting for one person. Every time I talk to, you know, whether it's an EMS conference or in front of you guys or whatever, anytime I talk about this, I'm shooting for one person to listen to what I'm saying and, and to be able to relate somehow and think to themselves, you know, if, if it can happen to him it can happen to me and if he can get help then maybe i can get help yeah. too and
1: you know? probably don't get to see your victories either because if, if our peer support team is doing its job then that means it's working and guys aren't maybe have things aren't getting bad enough for guys right. to need to get there because we're we're doing what's needed to, to keep everyone in a good headspace and then you don't see that right you know yeah. sometimes you think that to be a problem and then get better be like okay this was a victory but this is a very real conversation, but this could be something. I'm sure nationwide this has prevented suicides. This has yeah. been the reason that people are still doing the job and didn't have to leave the job or didn't have to leave us here on Earth. You sure
2: hope you sure hope that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we just but had you, that discussion. You don't get to see that. Right. Yeah. We had that very discussion at our last peer support meeting. Um we thankfully lately have been in a in a pretty slow period where we haven't had a lot of talks with with people Um, so so I have one of two thoughts on that the first one is um, does that mean that we're kind of forgetting about it maybe Mm -hmm. we need to have another class on it to remind people that they have these resources for him or kind of like you said maybe we've done a good job of educating everyone that they're dealing with it themselves or as a crew before they get to the point where they need yeah. us. And, and know, we have, I hope it's the latter. And we
1: have tons of members now. How many how many people are on the peer support uh, 16. team? 16. 16. Wow. Yeah. And, and what kind of training do they go through before they are a peer support team member? So
2: it's uh yeah, so you can join the team without the official IAFF training. The training uh, is a 2-day class um, that uh, you know, Devin's had it and it's um, to say it's intense is a, is an understatement. It's yeah. uh it, it, it's it's pretty raw and pretty emotional. You talk about some, some pretty tough stuff, you know. But you have to you mm-hmm. have to talk about it. Um, it's a pretty intense two day course, and then um, you know we, we try to keep some type of continuing education. Um, the IAFF is always come out coming out with um, you know webinars and stuff about different topics that you can pick up. So there's always always stuff to learn. Yeah. But,
1: uh, Why is the variety of people so important? And the number of people on this team.
2: Yeah, because um, you know, not everyone is comfortable talking to maybe this person. We do mm-hmm. have a good variety. We've got um, we have one retired member that is uh, absolutely fantastic. He was a member of the fire department, retired, um, and and when he was on the department, we didn't have any of this. And when he retired, he was overwhelmed with all of this uh, emotional baggage, if you will, um, and and really didn't have any effective means of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, he caught wind of what we're doing with the peer support team and he thought, yeah, I, I wanna be a part of that. And he's, he's been great. Um, so he kinda helps deal with the, um, one of the things that we touch on with the peer support team, Devin's part of it too, is the retired reti- retirees, mm-hmm. um, both past and upcoming. We like to talk to uh, guys that are getting ready to retire just to give them a heads up, hey, once you leave this fire department you know you could be faced with all of these demons and here's what you do if if that should happen but uh, but anyway so we've got a retiree we've got two people that are on the ems team and then the rest of them are firefighters we've got uh lieutenants and captains and privates and and a really good variety because um you know, again, someone that I'm comfortable talking to, yeah. uh, someone else might not feel comfortable talking to them. So we like to have a good variety, mm-hmm. good mix. Yeah.
1: If you were to ever ask me, like, have I used peer support team? I'd tell you no, because I've never called after like a tough call. Sure. And then, like, but, but a lot of my good friends at work are peer support team members. And I've spent several hours, whether it's at the gym or <laughs> yeah. you know, running or whatever, with, with you know, with, with an off shift buddy and you start venting about work or a tough call or something and go your way. So I would tell you, no, I haven't, but I have been. I've been using I this peer support prevention. I use that's where the prevention I use it all the time, comes in, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm.
0: maybe why we're not seeing the numbers we're seeing is because people are just open about stuff now. Right. Where uh, normally I might not talk to you about work mm-hmm. because I'm yeah. away from work. I don't want to talk about work. Right. I get that. I totally get that, and mm-hmm. that's how some people operate. Totally fine with that. But like you said, I think people are more comfortable venting to a close friend, especially that knows where you're coming from, mm-hmm. Like, say, you and I this morning while we're working out, maybe we get into some vented, heated, kind of getting out some conversations we have about work. To me, that counts as a peer support contact. Yes. But it's just part of our normal conversation just because of our relationship now. But, yeah, I'd count that as a peer support contact probably because you're voicing something that's been weighing you down. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And and we'll talk about this, but, like, peer support, I think, like, on the outside, the label is we we ran a tough call. And that call now bothers me, so now I'm talking about it, so it doesn't bother me. But it's so much more than that, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and not just that. Okay. But
2: go ahead. That, yeah, no, that's just one component of it, and that's that's something that um, that that DJ did a good job of of was getting um, a specific set of parameters to when a peer support team will be activated, um, but. But again, it, it can be asked for by anyone at any time, you know, the, those, the, you know, our, um, our APs read, you know, I think it's, um, uh, you know, a pediatric injury or death, mm-hmm. uh, firefighter injury, death, you know, we have a list we of things. We have like examples listed, but that's yes. not to say that yeah, it's you go into inclusive. a house
0: and see kids crawling around in human crap or something. Sorry mm-hmm. to get real vivid for people yeah, out there, but this exactly. is what happens that might bother you way more than the guy that we just had split in half down the road in the car right. wreck. Right. That doesn't bother me, but what might bother me might be that living conditions of mm-hmm. people might yeah. bother someone to a point where, okay, that's what's, that's triggered. That yeah. triggered me right there. Like I can't get past that. Absolutely. Thinking about those people living that way. Absolutely. All, by all means, there's another reason to call or get a hold of someone you can talk yeah. to or us or whoever that'd be a contact for someone it's it's we list like you said examples but mm-hmm. we're not bound to those no absolutely and I know not. we hammer on the traumatic stuff but that's because that's easy that's tangible for us to all see and kind of yeah. that's the go-to example but it might be as something as simple as, but not simple as, someone living in human mm-hmm. filth, mm-hmm. that could definitely get to somebody. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah
2: so. We, you know, we all have our own definition of trauma and we could go around this table and we would yeah. probably each define it differently and give different examples of something that might be traumatic to me, but again, maybe not the rest of you guys. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's, it, it, it's worth mentioning that, um, that, you know, there, there are two different types. There's, there's acute and there's cumulative. You know, um, military probably deals more with the acute type of trauma, the mm-hmm. instantaneous. Um, where, but they're finding that first responders are fall more into the cumulative category um, to where it's really hard to pin it down to one particular call that affects you, you know. Yeah. Um, you might have had this stroke patient two years ago, a kid crawling around on the floor last week. You've, you know, all of this stuff piles up. And, you know, I, I like to use the analogy of the the stress bucket. You heard me talk about that before? Yeah, Yeah, I love this. this, So our bodies are a stress bucket. Um, If you can visualize that, you know, that is, so the stress coming in is the water. And at the bottom of the bucket, we have this little spigot that when our stress or water gets too high, we open up that spigot, release some of that stress and, Mm -hmm. and, and feel normal again. Well, not all of us have a fully functioning spigot you know some of us have broken ones some of us have ones that you know don't turn on at all and and then some of us have more water coming in than we can open up and let out and that's when we run into issues is when that bucket starts to overflow so so that's when we start talking about building resiliency Mm -hmm. and ways to deal with that stress that you're accumulating and, and effective ways of, of dealing with it before it starts to yeah. overflow. I, I, I love sense. the word resiliency yeah. and it, yeah. it's
1: super important um, as in the in the line of work that we're in and like you said you know EMTs, paramedics, uh, police officers, dispatch you're exposed to certain things that I'd say the average human will only see so much of their life and then in a year 30 year career you're going to be that that percentage it's is going to be an, out, an exposure and, of stuff. So you're you're more yeah. you're exposed yeah. to these things more often, and then, you know, learning how to deal with this and then keep functioning—that's the definition of resili- yes. resiliency. It's, it's yeah. dealing with that adversity and yep. and and and, and, and back some
2: of that. us, you know, pl- don't get me wrong. I, I always I always kind of hesitate talking about some of this stuff. and I don't I don't want to put ideas into people's heads that it's that it's going to affect every single person that does this job. The majority yeah. of people have built-in abilities to to deal with this you know in a i hate to use the word normal but in a normal sense you know it's Mm -hmm. um but even if you do you still you know it's still good to deal with it effectively you know but um and especially for those that don't have those mechanisms or that overwhelm their capabilities of, of dealing with this you know and then you know, again, work is just one aspect of this. We've yeah. got, you know, we've got our home life, and we've mm-hmm. got financial issues, and all of these other things. You know, I, I always say that
3: we, we do, and it's good that that peer support stuff is, and those conversations do happen now. Because, like you said, when when we started, you know, there was this – the county had the CISM. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't even remember. I know like uh, Kelly Hansen was had would carry a pager because he was part of that yeah. team, but I can't remember any guys as far as us having eventually i think we did get a you know a stress debriefing team and then it and it's grown from there mm-hmm. um you know guys come on the job and and new guys and we do a really good job you know you got your emt you come in and, and we start teaching ems and we do a really good job on probation of teaching you how to be a firefighter right we teach you how to how to pull a pre-connect how to how to catch a plug how to stack a ladder right. you know how to do that stuff what i think what, at least when i started um you know and and that we didn't do was talk about, you know, not just the mental stress that it could happen to yourself, but the stress that causes on your family life yeah. and the stuff at home, you know, that you find out, you know, and if you come on as a single guy, like you said, you're like, it's just me. I don't, I got mm-hmm. nothing. Um, but then, you know, you, you, you know, you meet your wife, you have kids and stuff and what that we, we don't do a good job I don't think uh, of having those discussions of what kind of, right. what that's because, you know, the, the, your water here goes out or the kids are always sick or, you know this. You know all the things that, ha- all the things that happen that are bad at home happen when you're here, right? Oh, and you can't and yeah. you can't leave. You know, and and the yeah. stress and the things that that you know that's I I think we you know that that's now. But it, I think it now becomes part of the conversation with everything to to better prepare people to like, at least put it in the forefront that hey. This is what's going to do to your family because we've all, right. you know, those of us with families and stuff, we've been there. We've 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 had to go through that stuff, um, and it, and it. I think new people coming on, you know, that are are so you know been getting mm-hmm. recently engaged, you know, if you you know, and, and shippers going through that now, you know, with with kids at home and the wife at home, yeah. and you know what that what dynamic, that does to you, it? you yeah. know, and and that yeah. aspect of it and stuff. So I, I think it's good that that's for the new kids coming in, and I say. I say kids but uh, you know but yeah. for the but for the new <laughs> yeah, kids guys. coming in that yeah. this is this is the environment that has been created yes. for them um to to to, to do I, so I tell my kids out at, at fire at the at wit you know in mm-hmm. class and stuff i said you know it's no different than wearing a scba right yeah it's that low dose c- chronic exposure you know when i started on the job we didn't wear scbas for car fires you just right. went you know yeah. i mean you just didn't you went you, you put out the car fire and eventually it's all oh, now we're wearing it for that we wear it you know but on a structure fire you went in did the fire and we took those masks off as soon as you could to oh, do yeah. overhaul and do you, you know, dumped oh, yeah. it because it's heavy it's cumbersome whatever yeah, no, yeah. so like i tell those guys the day i did damage to myself because that's how we did things right it's no different than you know our mental health now mm-hmm. you know that who knows to say you know 20 years from now what kind of damage i did to my lungs or what kind of damage i did to you know my mental health aspect of it but that now the kids coming in we've created the environment where we're in the scba all through overhaul yes. everything like that has been acceptable the second set of turnout gear deconning yourself all these things to so we take care of the health aspect of it but now what what you're doing with peer support what we have to take care of that mental health these yeah. kids are are in a better position to have a better yeah. a longer I mean, I sure career so. and stronger yeah. career than than even what yeah. we started in 20 years ago i sure know?
2: hope so because i don't i don't want them to turn out like me (laughs) you know and i i I don't think they would want to turn out like me either but um yeah we do we talk to probies uh we talk to all new hires whether it's ems or fire and stress that very thing that and and, you know one of one of our goals on the team and and my personal goal is is to just normalize it Mm -hmm. you know and i i think I think you normalize it by talking about it and 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 letting them know that it's available and that yeah, if something's bothering you, you tell somebody. You yeah. don't keep that to yourself. And and also, if you see a coworker struggling with something, get involved, you know, yeah. just normalize asking them, you know, hey, are you doing okay? You know yeah. just make it part of the conversation as as if you were asking about anything any yeah other you aspect. don't gotta
1: announce it over the PA system no. or be like hey we nope. gotta call in the team right now and extract them and take them to the men, you know the yeah. mental health floor but, yep uh, I think that brings up a good point we do this we do training every year we you know we'll come down to station three of the training center and we'll talk about peer support and kind of our annual training checkup mm-hmm. with it right and uh, there's been times where I feel like it's easy for people that maybe aren't struggling or they can't relate because they're like, I'm doing good. That they sit back and they kind of, they kind of, it's easy just to roll it off like, Oh, this training again, or we're doing this. But how important is it for those people to understand that like 20 people in the room, 19 are good. Right. There might be that one that it's affecting and needs this. So don't be that person that's like, I don't need this. I'm better than this. And then take it away from that person. That, that that does or be there for that person yes
0: listen to the training so you can recognize something or be there at least to listen to yeah. someone or like i said intervene you know anything mm-hmm. engage yourself enough to and i'm biased obviously because i'm on the pierce Four sure. team and i think everything we do is important but be that person be engaged for someone else not yourself then Right. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah, I like. Yes,
2: and I like to think that we. I can speak for the whole peer support team when when I say that we have zero tolerance for anybody that that attempts to squash someone's efforts or, yeah. or you know belittle or or dismiss or mm-hmm. any of that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I don't think we've had any problems with it. This is something, um, you know, when when dj started this um, he went to the union and went to the chief and from day 1 um, the union and the chief both have been 100% behind awesome. what we're doing and and that uh, you know and that trickles all the way down assistant chiefs and and the rest of us everybody has been 100% on board and that has made our jobs exponentially easier um, i've talk to people from other departments that um are either trying to get a peer support team in place or they have one in place and it's just not quite working for whatever reason and and they tell stories about button heads with with staff you know Mm -hmm. with chiefs and assistant chiefs and and um i i get it but i don't get it you know and i it just makes me so thankful um that that we've never run into that issue you how
3: know. you says the pure support's an actual iaff pro iaff yes. program but our team and the size of our team and the, and what we've done here how is that kind of unique here or is that something like you could go i mean is, is this kind of a is, is this becoming a standard thing or is it this is. Okay. yeah
2: yep um it's it's really cool because we were uh we weren't the first but we were man in the I bet you in the top three or four departments in the state of Iowa that had a a fully functioning, implemented peer support team. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm super proud of that. And that's so cool to be on top of something like that instead of, um, you know, five years down the road saying, oh, you know, every every other department in the US has a peer support, maybe we should look into that, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But yes, it's becoming the norm um, and and uh, departments throughout the country are, are developing these teams. One cool thing that we're kind of a related note, one cool thing that we're doing um, through the IPFF is um, like working on assembling um, an Iowa network of peer support teams. Oh, yeah. So um, God forbid if some department in, uh, you know, like a department in Fort Dodge has, traumatic event that involves their fire department members you know they're not Mm -hmm. going to be able to handle something like that so they can call uh you know a peer support team from somewhere else in iowa and and we would go out and talk to them and and, you know all share resources together and it's it's kind of a cool deal just
0: coming from that uh working in fort dodge you know we did have some pretty traumatic things that happened when i worked there and not having that you know you can see how that affects people personally and outside but what we have here now and what we're trying to build throughout the state is gonna be so much better Mm -hmm. for future generations to come and I think that's the goal of everything we do any you know anyway without throughout the whole fire service so this is just one more thing that we're building for future generations Mm -hmm. that we didn't have before and I think everyone kind of like you said once you brought it up people are like yeah Yeah, that's a great idea. So we were just waiting for that catalyst Mm -hmm. to kind of bring it. And now you talk to all the old guys. It's great that you guys have that now. Yeah. It's funny. Every one of them. Yes. It's not like, well, we didn't need that when I was around. No, they go, that is so awesome that you guys have that going now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now that, you know, our retired member that's helping with us now is that bridge for the retirees to reach out to it's just
3: well maybe so with some of amazing. those guys too that like yeah. to n- not realize that you had an issue until you got away from this job yeah. and then realize that oh yeah. I, I i took a lot of stuff with me and i didn't even know it was yeah. there because i was in it when i was working yeah, yeah it was it's, just normal it's, but now normal. i'm away yeah. from it and it's you don't have those yeah. outlets does um what about like outside of Sioux City, like the counties, all the rural squads and stuff? I mean, does the county still have like the CISM? Do they have any peer support, or do they are they able to reach out to yeah. Sioux City peer support if they have an incident? Right. So like so yeah. the yeah. deal they just had down at Salix here, yes. the the interstate accident there and stuff. So
2: there is still a CISM team in place um, that um, is currently under new under new management, if you will, but um, still a fully functioning team um, that that is there for some of those rural, you know, the volunteer departments that don't have any other resources, yeah. you know. Um, so so they can reach out. Um, we do have people on the peer support team that are also part of the CISM team. Um, so that is available to them. Uh, they're, just going back, the, there are reasons that that we got away from the CISM. Um, and, and, and I'm not I'm not here to choose sides or to, to badmouth. Yeah, mouth I guess, like, explain the difference, anything. I guess, yeah. between
3: the peer support and a CISM or, you know. Yeah, so,
2: so a, a CISM, a critical incident stress management, is a, um, I, I like to describe it as a formal process. Um, so you have a traumatic call. Let's say you have a two-vehicle car accident with fatalities, OK? So um, you've got multiple people responding, multiple people involved. So a couple of days after the incident, um, a a CISM team is assembled and will go talk to all of the people that were involved in that accident. Um, You know, sheriff, uh, again, ambulance, fire, dispatch, anyone that had anything to do with that call is part of the CISM it it's and and so so like i said it's kind of formal you get together in a room and usually you sit in a circle have you guys done one i've, yeah. or I've been, been involved through a couple with one yeah yeah, yeah. they're, they're with, very um i've i've been on both sides of them and and and, and they they're they're very uncomfortable i think um because it's because you sit there in a room and and you go around and it's it facilitated by a couple of CISM members and then there are mental health professionals there as well, um, but you go around the room and you talk about um, who you are, what your role was, and how you were involved with the incident. And then you know everybody goes around and then you go around again. How did this affect you? And and there's a there's a format to it, and and it's it's good because and i'm glad we still have the team because a lot of these volunteer departments don't have anything else Mm -hmm. um but it also you know when you bring in everyone involved like that you're bringing in people that potentially may have not been impacted by it you know Mm -hmm. so now they're sitting in this room with people that are having issues and they're thinking oh man what's going on here? And it, it, you know, it's done after the, after the event, you know, by, you know, 48 hours or so. And um, I was, I was involved in one and I'll tell you about it. Um, It was a, without going into details, but I, um, and maybe you've heard me tell the story before, but they haven't, so. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was uh, uh, freshly off of probation just started floating at station three and we got called to a structure fire uh, 1400 block of nebraska and um on on the way comm center said that um that the dad had gotten out of the house but there were still two kids inside um, and, and I can remember talking in the cab on the way there, you know, gosh, what kind of what dad would get out of the house without taking his kids out first, you know? So, um, so we knew there were potentially two kids inside. Um, we, were, we were the last engine on scene, so we were just kind of in standby. And um, the crew that was doing the primary search found two kids um, I wasn't involved with firefighting operations, so I asked the assistant chief. Uh, we had an ambulance on scene. I I asked him uh, if you know maybe I'd be better off going into the back of the ambulance and helping out there. And he said, "Go ahead." So um, they brought in the first girl, um, put her on the cot, and she was unresponsive. Um, and I I I remember. Um, checking for a pulse. And I thought, gosh, what the heck is that? Something doesn't feel right. So I brushed her hair back and she had a rope around her neck and she was, um, she was deceased. The second girl that they brought in, um, was also deceased as well. Mm -hmm. So we immediately transitioned from, um, you know, fire victims to crime scene, you know, um, and what had happened was this dad was involved with some, I don't know, some weird stuff, like some witchcraft, I think, mm-hmm. and some mental issues, and he had ended up murdering these two girls, um, which is, can you ima- as you can imagine was horribly traumatic for all of us. Yeah. Um, but, and again, you have to remember where we were at at the time that this happened. We didn't have a lot of this stuff in place. Um, we maybe had a CISM team, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we should look into it. And and I can remember one of the assistant chiefs telling me, he's like, yeah, I guess you should probably go. Maybe we should have one. You know, it was all just very, very loose. And again, no, uh, you know, no fault of theirs. We just weren't used to dealing with stuff Mm -hmm. like this. But uh, um, so I went to the CISM and we did our thing and it was, it was horribly uh, emotional. Um, And I can remember two other fire department guys being there that had been on for quite a long time. um, And two guys that I respected very much and still respect very, very much, Um, fabulous guys. But when it came to their turn to talk, they essentially said in so many terms, uh, you know, we see stuff that's a lot worse than this and if it really bothers you that much, then maybe you should do something else for a job. Yeah. And and as a young, um, floating firefighter that had been on, you know, for just a couple of years, that impacted me. You know, I thought, well, crap. You know, and I think I alluded to it earlier. Mm-hmm. I can remember thinking, like, God. This really bothers me, so maybe I shouldn't Mm -hmm. be doing this anymore. But, um, if
1: it's crazy how you said you respected the hell out of those guys, absolutely. So, it's it's a it's crazy how when people like that that you respect when they speak, how how much it penetrates. Because I I, I have those people Mm -hmm. I've worked with and I've had my mentors, and like they do and say things that I okay, that's scripture to me now in terms of like that's good wisdom to go by, and I'm gonna you know, yeah, move my career. By those those strong words, yes. So being young, just how much of a sponge you are and how oh, formable you are yeah. by, by, just, by these senior patch. guys, yeah. And just uh, how it, it how I can just change the way you outlook uh, right. on those things.
2: Yeah, and I I never once uh, faulted them for what they said. I still don't, you know, because that was just the mentality That's where
3: we were at. Well, yeah. you know, the guys that have been on how many years that coming up through like there was nothing. Yeah. You, that's what you did. You yep. sucking suck it up, buttercup and right. go on yeah. with your Move come. on, yep. move on to the next one. Yeah. Move
2: on.com. We
3: just kept going. I digress.
2: But, but so anyway, um, so what the what the IAFF found was that guys were much more open, much more receptive and, and much uh, uh, much more willing to talk if you had this peer support team in place, which um, which is based on the concept of of, of talking to crews immediately. After Mm -hmm. the call, when it's still fresh, it's still raw and, and, and guys are more willing to talk about issues when you're at that mental state. And then to talk to someone that is your own peer, someone that's, you know, from the same department or has, has been involved in the same types of calls that you've been on is huge. There's, Mm -hmm. there's that comfort there talking to someone knowing that, yeah, it may not have been the exact same call, but I know that you've seen some stuff too. You know, so so let's talk about this, and and um, that's that's where peer support is successful is, yeah. is talking to people that, you know, I can remember um, the department brought in years and years ago a mental health therapist for some reason. I think you were on, mm. but um, and and she it, it wasn't her fault, but she had no idea what what we did, what we dealt with, the things that we saw, and she came in and gave her. <laughs> Her, her speech if you will and um, I honestly think it did more harm than good you know guys are like you don't have any idea what we deal with it's <laughs> yeah. you know, not her fault yeah. yeah she's just used to talking to people that have a nine-to-five and that deal with uh, you know these specific things and when you factor in you know not only our medical calls but fire calls um, our, our living conditions the 24-hour shifts there's all of this stuff that has to be taken into account and um, to be able to talk to a peer that knows exactly where you're coming from in that aspect is, is huge. What's
3: that? It's that uh, credibility. Like you kind of said, where, you know, with you taking over the team, like if you, you know, when you share your stories, I know that the training was at last year that you did your big, I mean, I thought it was, I mean, just really fantastic how you, you know, and you have a way of, of, of talking and, and, Really, you know, when you when you speak, it's it's genuine. And you can tell it's genuine. So you know, but yeah. I mean, but that leads Thank to you. the to the credibility. So yeah, when we do have an outside person come in that doesn't know anything about what we yeah. do, or is it, and they give us a spiel about this stuff, firefighter, are, you know, sometimes we're fickle people that you come, in, you know, especially the outsiders that oh, you're, yeah. you're you're yeah. like you, you can, because you don't know, you don't have, but to have somebody that's that does. Yeah, that works. Even somebody from that's another firefighter from that's not from our department. Yeah. It lends a little bit more credibility, sure. but not the same as somebody that's here and then sharing. Because the calls that you went on that you're sharing stuff about, the guys are like, yeah, I was there. Or mm-hmm. I remember that call. Or I remember yeah, like, these guys yeah. talking about, you know. But I mean, it lends to that, that credibility so much more. That it means something now, and I think it it, it becomes something where it's, it is easier for guys to talk sure. to people on the team because because of that, you know. Yeah. I know I know even you know ships reached out. I think you guys do a really good job that that peer support team does as far as whether we call and say hey, you know, we need to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. or you guys just reach out, just check and be like, hey, I heard you guys had a really bad call, just right. calling just to make sure everything, you know, touch a base need anything how you doing you know i you know just even that just that little bit yeah just to know that takes. somebody is is paying attention yes
2: exactly Validate. sometimes yeah. that's you know that's all it takes yep. you know yeah just yeah you're absolutely right just a quick little text to somebody can can do wonders uh, again just letting them know that somebody's aware of what you went through uh you know and and chances are you're gonna be fine but if you're not yeah let somebody know yeah exactly. and These it's also okay
0: easy. to not feel anything
2: yeah about it it's mm-hmm. like i've
0: had times where it's like man should i be no that's that a, <laughs> yeah. that that that. a good point so I, I can relate to that yeah, yeah. a yeah. lot of people probably can and it depends probably what stage of life you're in too because sure. that changes everything yeah. might change tomorrow right. Right. We are we are so
1: different dynamic yeah. and it's it's yeah. it, it takes just a uh, it. level of maturity to just really understand sure. how how different and, and dynamic we are uh, i want to share you i want to thank you for sharing that because yeah. that's, that's a very personal story thank you for that um, I think it's a great example of, you know, like a, a very traumatic cause. That's pretty, it's a pretty bad one. Uh, can we talk about compassion fatigue and burnout? Because yeah. I feel like that's, uh, those are, that's completely different from an example what you just gave, but I feel like that is a, that's a monster that comes for uh, what I see. the I see that come for a lot of people at work right, right and now. With the volume of calls that keep going up and, uh, you know, on
0: to everyone's house station, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a more common occurrence it's, yes. than it is
2: now, even. It's it's but, it's problematic nationwide. Yeah. Uh, whatever we're experiencing here in Sioux City is happening everywhere else, um, and it's just that it's that it, you know we're all aware of it. It's that increased call volume that just keeps going up and up and up and up and up, with if we're lucky, the same amount of. Of, of you know personnel to respond to these calls mm-hmm. and in some cases not necessarily here but in some cases even less you know uh, yeah. you know due to budget cuts and staffing cuts and, and whatever and we're not going to get into that aspect of it but um, it's just this continuation of, of things uh, uh, of things getting worse and where does it end yeah. and um, so yeah, compassion fatigue is something that that I struggle with, and I think it's something that every single one of us struggles with uh, at, at some point in their career, at least once. Um, you know, simply put, compassion fatigue is is you get you get tired of taking care of people. You get tired of taking <laughs> care of people that don't take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and every district has them. You know, they have their, every district has their frequent flyers. Every district has their type of call where um, you know it's not a medical emergency. But for whatever reason, this person's calling 911 and wants us to come and take care of them. And, 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 and here's how I describe it. I, 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 have, I have X amount of compassion that I can give out on any given shift. Mm-hmm. Okay and if i'm not careful about how i distribute that compassion pretty soon i'm i'm out and it's and it's only six o'clock at night you know Mm -hmm. so i'm sick of everyone you know and and i don't like getting to that point i'm i'm ashamed to admit and and maybe you guys will too but i'm ashamed to admit that that i've been to that point more than once where i don't care about anybody i don't Care what's wrong with you because I'm I'm sick of responding to these stupid calls, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to be. We have to be very careful about about doling out our compassion, and make sure that um, you know you still have some left for that person that you may feel doesn't deserve any. You yeah. know, they still deserve. Compassion. I don't Everybody care who does. they are. Compassion, yes. or yeah. at least some empathy. Uh, does. Uh, there's there's no. a great saying: uh, uh, find, find someone who deserves your least amount of compassion and give it to them. And and mm-hmm. and I try to. That's kind of my mantra. I, it doesn't always work, but yeah. I try to remind myself of that. So so what we as a peer support team do is is stress to guys. Um, we we try to look at why that person is calling nine one one. What's the reasoning for calling? Yes. Um, and without getting into this, any of the socioeconomic aspects of mm-hmm. it, of, of you know healthcare and not having a primary physician and so on, not having the resources that that we have, um, you know, take a long hard look at why that person is calling. Maybe there is underlying mental health issues. Maybe they're just flat out lonely and they like the attention. You know. Um, Maybe, uh, you know, understand that they're not calling you, as much as it seems like it, they're not calling you to be a pain in in your rear. You know, they're not calling you to make you mad. There's a reason that they're calling for help, and, and, and just try to understand that, that there's more to it than meets the eye. Yeah. You know? might
0: be the only positive
2: yes. thing in their life that day. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you're the only person that they've you're, talked to yeah. in the last week. Well, only and there's so, real you know? friendly faces. Yes. Well, they well, still, seen. and they're yeah. still, they're, not still a, they're still a, a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: You know, yeah. 100%. it doesn't matter. You it's know, because, and, and if you went and you want to put yourself in a mindset too, like if, if I, if somebody, if that was my, even my relative, whether it's my mom or my grandma or my brother or sister or whoever, you know, how would I want them treated? Right. You know, so I mean, because that is somebody's, you know, that's somebody's or that's somebody's, you know, mom or dad or yeah. whoever that we're still going to. So, yeah. So, you know what? Mm-hmm. You, you might be burnt out. This might be the 10th call this month you went on this right. person. But at the end of the day, it's, it's still a human being. You are you know, and you're supposed to treat others like you want to be treated. Yeah. right? So, I mean, it's like, yep. you know, you're still going to have something for you need to sure. try to have something mm-hmm. for somebody. And it's yeah? hard. I it, mean, oh, yeah. it, it is, is like, it hard to say this. I feel
1: like we're hitting the nail on the head on. All that stuff that's completely right, but it's also important to know that it is normal to run out of compassion yes. from time to time in mm-hmm. this line of work. If you do it, that does not make you a bad person, that is not making you uncut for the job, you're not right. Very good point. And then this is just how do you deal with it how, yeah. again? How do you?
3: Because you say that now, and then it's like, okay, now run fifteen calls. Yeah. After you are working. this is like you worked, you picked up an overtime shift, so you had fifteen calls a shift before. You didn't sleep. Now you're on your second, you know, yep. your second twenty-four. It's three o'clock in the morning. You still haven't been to bed. You still got you know, stacked up on a few reports. You know, they, I, we, I think you see it more on the EMS side because of the yeah. extra paperwork and the, just the volume that they go mm-hmm. on for. But still, you know, and then okay, now say the same thing. Tell me like you're not going to treat Correct. somebody and you're going to be yeah. short with somebody. So. To, you know to yeah that's yeah, a, again, that's a thing did you sign up for the overtime though <laughs> did you
0: do honestly <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean know it. You're things right, to think about but right yes. but i'm it but saying very, but, it's, but it, it gets hard. to the it point where you're the understand.
3: mind yeah. the mind is is yep. is mush it yep. becomes you're in zombie mode you're mm-hmm. beyond zombie i mm-hmm. say you know it gets to a point where we've all been there where i think you, you get to that zombie mode where you're just like you're going through the motions but you're not really there and and it gets to a point where you're you're beyond zombie mode and there is just nothing everything is shut down completely and you're still (laughs) so yeah you know it it happens but to understand that we you know people understand the environment that you're working in and Mm -hmm. it's still it doesn't make you a bad person if all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you you run out of compassion because it happens because of the environment that we work in and and you get to it so and hey gang that's what peer supports for. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly.
0: And and that's, <laughs> or recognizing that someone's to that yeah. point and being like, "Hey, do you need to come off the rig for yeah. a little bit?"
3: You yeah. know, chief's got the new policy. The, out fatigue, of the fatigue policy. Let that. That's another. If hey. you want to talk about changes, right. that's a you know Sorry, that's I a mean, fantastic. Yeah. Maybe yeah. getting the cart ahead of the horse. Yeah, but, but not still. At all. Yep.
2: Not at all. It it all comes down to I I I have to be very careful not to come across as preachy because any yeah. any yep. of these bad behaviors that i talk about i'm guilty of yeah (laughs) you know i've been there um but uh, so so be aware of it know that it's a thing for Mm -hmm. starters um and and learn to recognize it within yourself and within your crew and you're right if you see it in somebody else or if if it's starting to happen to you You know, this is not going to be an urgent call that you're on. If you need to step out in the hallway for a little bit and take a few deep breaths, Mm -hmm. do it before you say something that you might regret, Mm -hmm. you know, because it because it'll happen. Yeah, I think,
1: Um, you know, something just popped into my mind here is how important it is to come to work ready for work, too, mm -hmm. because there's been times where maybe you're like, oh, it's a Sunday tomorrow. Sunday should be an easy day. Is, <laughs> and, and so, and then all of a sudden, the day set doesn't treat you that way. Yeah. So, if, so if you set yourself up with false expectations, yes. you're behind the eight ball. You're already low on sleep, and then you go through all that, and then you're, you're, like I you said, you talk about how much compassion you have. Yeah, like you're, you're
2: not coming in that day with much compassion. Yeah, um, and, yeah. We were gonna come in and eat breakfast, and then we we're gonna do this. Yeah, and then, yeah. And, uh, and I and then You called. I didn't, and, didn't get yeah. to eat
0: two plates of biscuits and gravy today. Get over it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but
2: you know, just personally, my. My kids um, a- accuse me of, of having no empathy and, and having no compassion, and and I can totally understand why because I I view whatever is going on differently than 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 my wife does or they yeah. do or whatever you know and I've, it's it's hard to explain to someone that's that's not in the biz if you will yeah. and and I don't want to use that as an excuse you know this this no. is is not a license to act like a complete jerk. Mm-hmm. But but there's a there's a reason to it and and it's a, you know it's a it's a daily struggle both at work and at home to to not.
0: Let you mean that you affect. get the <laughs> you're quiet too. <laughs> uh, no, yep. I, I just <laughs> <laughs> I just get the
2: you you have no compassion. And, yeah, so that's you know, that's I, mean, I we, do. We, it's just good yeah. topic. Yeah, <laughs> we, no, we, we're hitting the, na- on the yeah, head yeah. With, with the compassion So boutique. compassion leads to burnout, burnout and we all know what burnout is. That's when, you know, when you you've 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 maxed out yeah, and and um you know, again, just hopefully you take steps to avoid getting to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, whether, you know, it, it it's tough, but if it means taking a vacation day or some sick time or if you need to get away, get away because um, if you just you know you just keep fighting it and saying uh you know tomorrow will be better it'll be all right and just keep at it and keep at it it's it's not going away so
0: and i love using the if you don't do it for yourself do it for the ones you love right. and your coworkers. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and
3: you know why well, and i i you know and I'll, I'll you know as i get longer into my career um, you know, you you felt when you took when you had vacation days when you were younger and stuff. You know, you were you couldn't wait to get back to work. Yeah, right. You know, you, even off the job, you you thought about work. You just you know it was it was all about that. You know, later now, I mean, I feel like I'm really good at being on vacation. Like you know mm-hmm. that I that I've I've made it a point now where yeah, it, I'd be on my off days. I was engaged with the department on vacation days. Engaged with the department just, just all the time. But to now try and when I go on vacation is to, un- to unplug from department stuff and to actually yes. be on vacation and be present with your family and be present like away from work and try to get away from that stuff. But not just that is 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 the um, the sleep aspect of it too, you know. And I think the the rest and is how that plays into to your um, the mental health is is being able to just you know if you're off for if, you know if you got a stretch of vacation for three four days or three four shifts and get a couple weeks of like of regular sleep. Yeah. Oh man, I mean just you a know what a nap house. does for you. You, you know? come yeah.
0: you come back Yeah, man, you do that so for a couple ready, weeks straight. Right? And oh yeah. Yeah. And the, we could do the, a whole podcast on oh my sleep, gosh, and, on sleep. sleep. Yes. and how it affects yes. mental yeah, health. Yeah, I, I don't
2: I don't know that I want to get into that yeah. topic too much <laughs> because you're right. It's but but yeah, overwhelming evidence that that sleep obviously plays a big factor. You know, the, the greatest testament to that is is when you see guys that are retired oh. and, and they look better than they did yeah. than instantly <laughs> like like within a month they're like 10 years younger easily and they will it, it, tell like, you oh straight man. up yeah yep. i'm sleeping like a baby every night yeah mm-hmm. yeah
4: and absolutely. every
3: every well every because you were like man you look at that? every single one of them no stress yeah. and sleeping yep every single one gets back thing. to yeah. a darker oh color. yeah it's incredible <laughs> yeah. That, like the oh, guys thicker. that i've seen like come off the job yeah. and how much better yeah. they look absolutely All the, yeah so a lot of them that's yep.
2: that's that's an important part of and if you want to segue into this we can but that's an important part of of what we now stress as a peer support team that is building our resiliency yeah you know so um all right so so we as as we've recognized first responders that we deal with traumatic events on a regular basis and yes we've recognized that they impact us in, in these ways what are things that we can do to to either lessen that pain or prevent us from getting there in the first place because yeah, we're, we're not going
1: to change right what, what we're called for and we're not no. and the calls are still going to go up no um uh, while we're here I mean, you're a numbers guy uh, mm-hmm. the runs in like the early 2000 2005 well well just
3: as an example because i literally do have numbers um mm-hmm. in the last five years we've increased um 2500 runs in total so we're averaging about 500 runs per year increase in volume yeah. so you're talking like 40 runs per month so i mean that's you know I mean yeah. that's and we're on and track. I mean that's pretty consistent about 500 mm-hmm. runs, 500 res, 500 responses uh uh you know, at least on average per year but 2500 uh in the last 5 years yeah. of what we've increased in volume. Yeah. I, that's a lot cuz yeah, when I when I came on um yeah, it's probably you know, well 2000, 2017 we were at 8800 responses. So wow. You know, yeah, and we're up over. Like you nice. know, Sounds like heaven. Does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. well. We, you know, we we're over 2022. Last year, we were over 11,000, yeah. and and still in just trending, sign of and trending up, trending up. up yeah. all the time. Yep. So yeah, 6,000. And I thought we were busy. I thought we were busy then. Yeah. yeah. So, you so know,
1: Devin, you yeah. brought up a good point. You you mentioned you hey you signed up for that overtime, and uh, it, and I just want to touch up. Just, up no, 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 no. But I think it's advocate. No, it's an excellent point. But you can set yourself up for failure. I don't think it's it's, it's a problem. Uh, no, no, hear as much but because because how i always hear stories about back in the day like overtime was rare and it was seller like you I mean if you got a, a shift i don't know how often but oh, it was it was super never. rare yeah. and not like this last year it seems like there was overtime shift as much and you could work guys pick up 20 oh extra shifts. i had, I had yes. over 20 shifts yeah bro easily. we had
0: we had privates
1: making captain and higher pay oh, oh paid, just, yeah.
3: just from overtime, which is good good yeah, for yeah. our yeah. members but
0: at what cost
1: so, so i don't know yeah. like family mind and, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I guess I don't think it's it's starting to become a small problem here, where you're seeing like the mandates go up. But I know in other departments, the it's they're so oh, short staffed, yes. And then they and then they need to fill those spots where they're getting mandated into having to work these. So yeah. even like when I I need to go home, no, the, the the option is not there to go home. You're getting told we need minimum staffing. Yes. you're going to work. And I guess it's I'm I feel like we've seen a maybe an uptick in mandates in the last year. Or so yeah. it's it's not catastrophic like sound the alarm. But I know there's departments that. It can be. So we it's, have getting, that. it's getting bad. And uh, yeah. you
0: guys can attest to it being on for a good number of years now. And the amount of, like, work we're doing outside of emergency services sure. is exponentially more than even prob- when I started. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like our plates didn't get any bigger, but we're loading them up right. more mm, yeah. and more. And it just... That all yeah.
1: compacts and compounds. And- yeah, and we've we've changed our mandate policy, and, and we're we're on like the floaters and fourth men still on like about all three yeah. shifts. One sh- I think one shift's getting a little up there, but on the ambulance, they've rotated through that thing, three four times. Yeah, and it's and it's not going away. So this is a mandate is no one is signing up to do it. No one is saying, I do not want to work tomorrow. And like no, we then then you're saying well it's your turn to be forced. Yeah, and so that's that's a an alarming. It is. Uh, and I, uh, something I hope, alarming that stands out to me in terms of the capacity and the burnout. Yeah. being You don't have a choice. You have so, to go take care of that. So how
3: does how, so how does that guy, like, okay, you know, you, you're working, I mean, all that in, in your building. So, what? I mean, I don't know to, to say, like, well, you can prepare yourself to to do that. But, I mean, I guess the, the tools, you know, when you're talking about resiliency, so to help build yourself to – handle that I yeah. guess
4: you know that's that, that
2: that's fatigue. tough and I'm I'm thankful that we haven't gotten to that point of, of some departments and I'm hoping we never do because you're right that's you know it's one thing it's one thing to voluntarily sign up for it it's another thing to be mandated and then be told that you have to work and yeah, man, it's like yeah. you know that's a, a kick in the throat to to have that happen and to answer your question I I don't know you just have to you know Approach that on a case by case basis, I guess. Yeah. But you know, again, just um, you know, do what you can to prepare yourself for for any and all outside stressors, I guess. You know.
3: So. But, yeah, but I mean, I guess with that, with 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 the building resilience, I mean, are there yeah. there tools? I mean, what are yeah so, things that we can
2: um yeah so like I was saying, we've recognized all of these detrimental detrimental effects at this job has on us so the big push with the iaff now is the resiliency aspect of it and that is um you know how what are things that you can do to prepare yourself for these events and and to ensure that you have a long and healthy career and um you know so they're offering uh classes on resiliency now and i'll you know i'll just go over a few of them but um you know every everyone is going to have their own ways of of dealing with their stress. And, you know, I always, I, I, tell people, find what works for you, um, because, uh, you know, uh, just like meditation, for example, mm-hmm. um, may work great for this guy, but, you know, this guy can't stand it and gets absolutely zero benefit out of it, you know, so find something that works for you. Um, you know, so, so with that is, um, in the fire service, we have, we have pre-plans. Um, for those that don't know, a pre-plan is, is going through a, a major hazard in your area and, and pre-planning what you're going to do if and when you have a fire there in its most simple terms. So um, part of building your resiliency from a mental health standpoint is pre-planning mentally, what am I going to do, not if, but when I have that traumatic call. Um, and you know play through different scenarios in your mind and and figure out how you're gonna deal with that in a in a positive effective manner you know um, maybe I'm gonna go home take a nice hot shower and then go to the gym Um, maybe I'm gonna you know get together with a couple of friends and and go see a movie something Um, anticipate it so when it does happen you can at least tell yourself okay I'm kind of prepared for this. I need to go home and do X, Y, and Z to keep it from, from getting too bad, if you will. So, um, you know, so that's important. Um, Obviously eating and sleeping, like we've talked about, um, you know, get, get sleep when you can, Um, try to maintain a healthy diet, honestly, diet, is, is huge, you know, you can notice a difference when you eat good and when you eat crap all day long. Yeah. Um, and along with that goes exercise, um, you know, a myriad of studies out there that show the, the, you know, the aspects and the benefits of taking care of your physical health also takes care of your mental health and, and conversely, if you neglect your physical health, you neglect your mental health as well. It's, it's all tied together. So, um, you know, get out there and do some exercise and you don't have to go crazy. Nope. Um, you know, walk. just, yeah, <laughs> Anything, just move. yeah get yeah. out for a walk, um, Tie boat. yeah, whatever, whatever, something <laughs> that's effective for you. Don't force yourself to do something Correct. that you're going to be miserable doing. You know, you said, I got to exercise, so I'm going to run on the treadmill for three hours. No, no it's 20 you know, minutes a day. If it's just, just consistent, gonna, yeah. just, you know. If you told thing. me to do that, Moving, I would stretch. be mad, yep. and I'd just be worse on. off. But yes, yep. any any type of movement is good. Um, also, you know, try to remember try to remember to take a look at the big picture. Um, we as human beings tend to hyper focus on 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 the bad because that's what's going to hurt us. And, and on the things that we did wrong so that we don't do them again, you know, and I've, you guys have probably heard me say before that, you know, in a call where a hundred things went right, I am going to go home and, and sit on the couch and dwell on that one thing that I did wrong for hours and it's going to ruin my day. Mm -hmm. But so try to, try to remember to look at the big picture. Hey, maybe this part didn't go right, but here's the stuff that did go right, and in the grand scheme of things, we did more good than harm, yeah. you know, um, that's important. Um, one, one word that comes up often is, is uh, you know, is spirituality. Um, and, and we all have different definitions of spirituality, but, but get in touch with your spirituality, whether that's through religion, um, you know maybe you maybe you want to talk to a, a pastor or a priest about some things that are bothering you mm-hmm. um, you know if that means going out and taking a walk through a forest and get in touch with nature or mother earth or whatever you know however you define it um, take some time to get in touch with your spirituality and and kind of tied in with that big picture you know why why we do what we do and and what's going on in the grand scheme of, of life, you yeah. know? So um, a, another one is, and one that I have struggled with personally, and that is um, when you, it kind of ties in with the compassion fatigue. When, when you take on too much of someone else's um, pain, if you will, you know, sometimes that's hard to get rid of and that's hard to shed. And you end up, you know, clinging to that and, and taking it home with you and it affects your home life and so on. And and, and I, I still struggle with it, but I've gotten a lot better about um, kind of and you kind of touched on it, Phil, about about leaving work at work mm-hmm. and not taking that home with you. Um, you have to find a way. um to leave work at the station, and when you hit that front door of your house, it's it's gotta be gone, or it's gonna impact your relationship with your wife and kids and so on. Um, I had a, I, I had a great therapist that I was talking to about this, and she said, um, she said, when you get in your truck at the end of the shift in the morning, and you're getting ready to go home, she said, think, think of the last 24 hours as a coat. Mm-hmm. And she said, I want you to get in that truck and and take off your coat and and leave it in your truck when you get home you leave that there and it was you know it was a good metaphor for taking whatever was bothering me mm-hmm. and just leaving it behind uh it it, it worked for me you know again, like it's, it's not gonna work mm-hmm. yeah it's not gonna work for everyone but um and and, and it still struggled but uh, uh yeah learn learn to do work at work and and Home is home, and and keep the two separate yeah.
3: well, if at like, all possible. You because know, at the you know when we do reach retirement, get to that point, right? The the job you're going to walk away from the job, yeah. And, and you're essentially at the end of the day, you're a cog in the wheel, right? Right? You'll get replaced and stuff, and somebody's going to fill your spot, and and you're going to be gone, and then that's and that's it. Yes. This this the department said, but your family, when you're gone from here, your family's still going to be there, mm-hmm. and if you burn those bridges and and ruin that. So when you walk away from here, and then you've burned this stuff with your family, and now you really are—you yeah, don't want to get replaced both places. No, that's just <laughs> no. right, right. Well, yeah, I'm just—you know—you right. don't want—you want to have that I, because the family, your family is going to be there when you when you leave this place, and you mm-hmm. want to have that, you know, because that's what's going to be important because those are the people that should mean the most to you and and will be there
4: right.
3: when you're done being a firefighter. Um, so why, yeah, why yeah. ruin that stuff? And because we you know, some people don't get that, you know, no, know what I mean? don't have
2: that. We could all so. name probably five or ten guys that have been on the department that that didn't didn't realize that, and mm. and and you know the, this fire department was their whole life, mm-hmm. and 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 now they're 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 paying for it, if you will. But um, you know, yeah, I th- I think um, I mentioned it in one of my classes, but I I love the question, um, who are you? without this fire department yeah. you know i i think that's a question that you have to ask yourself and you have to answer it honestly because if you are struggling to come up with an answer you might want to make some changes because you're headed towards that yeah. that road of of you know right. uh, uh, you know if this department is all that you have it, it's this not going to last identity, forever
0: it is not all that you have it is no. a big part of who you can yes. be Yep. And there's a lot of great things that has right. to offer. But remember, you're an individual yeah, and you have a life outside of here. And that's good to remember. And that that was hard for me, sorry, to talk about me. No. Just because my whole life's been around this. And I, yeah. it's been such a huge part embedded in me, which I'm thankful for. But sure. I've still made myself expand my horizons and yeah. try other things to do and to separate. Like Lieutenant Phil was talking about, it's, you have to. Yes. you absolutely have to and if you don't it will consume you yeah with or without you this department will go on and never miss a beat
2: yeah yep. and that's just so the way it works. That's yeah. how you
0: have to think about yeah. it and yep. like also like you said lieutenant uh, that was imparted on me by someone who didn't realize that until it was too late and they okay. were very open about that do not be like me right there is a right way and a wrong way to do this career path yeah mm-hmm. in this aspect focus on your family yep. focus on yourself. Yep.
1: And a, and a lot of people we work with It'll all this. come together when it's supposed to. Yes, we hold this job in such high regard. You know, we were talking earlier about making the list and how excited mm-hmm. you are and how great of a feeling it is because you're like, oh, it's a relief. I'm here for the next 20, 30 yeah. years, whatever it may be. We hope we put it on a pedestal. We're thankful for, you knew how bad we wanted it at one point and what it does and what it provides for our life. Yes. So with that, it's easy to take for granted being a brother, being a, a brother sister, husband wife, um, something so simple. You're like, well, it's like, what are you with outside the job? Well, you, you say, well, I'm a brother. Like that may sound like, no, but that is still huge, right? And, yeah. and that's what I think it's a good example of what are you outside of this? Being a yeah. good brother, being a good husband, wife, whatever it, it may be, you be being good at those things Absolutely. too. You don't have to be a pilot yeah. and a firefighter and an right. astronaut and a doctor. And yes, it's not, I,
2: it's not like that. I take way more pride in, in calling myself a dad than I do a firefighter yeah. you know that's uh, I'm I'm so incredibly proud to be a firefighter and and it it's you know again it it changed my life completely but it's not gonna last forever and it's not mm-hmm. it's not my identity you're still gonna have to know? be a dad when you retire yes. from here yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean you're still a firefighter
0: you, you know, are oh, always yeah, will but, be, but
1: it's but different your first role is right you know yeah priorities yeah so, but sure. so awesome what else yeah. we got? Great stuff. Um, we, have a good, we have a good talk here. You so. can
0: tell your passion for people, and the job is second to none. And well, thank you. Yeah. It's awesome having you here to talk thank about you. some of this stuff and how I think you're the perfect fit for DJ stepping down from that head yeah he, to your support he, he, he didn't really it. know he, what he was doing <laughs> and you're doing great no, no i'm just kidding no, no. captain no. Wynn did a phenomenal job he, he like got you the, said. he got the train on the tracks going, he, we would not you are be going we were going full steam ahead though yeah. with it yeah thank that, you that can be said it, yeah. he did a great job yes yes getting it and, s- and is still on the team and is still and doing a great job yes but you're doing great as well. yeah and part of that is
2: the people that are on the team it's an incredible uh, you know it's it's a team it's a group of people that that have chosen to be there and they know that it's not going to be like a, a, a like a rig committee team or mm, a, yeah. you know uniform whatever you know it's yep. this is this is something that that requires a little bit more mm-hmm. and, and, and the people that are there understand that so um, yeah great people and, and yeah if if DJ and the chief, um, had not been behind it 100 from day one we we wouldn't be where we are today so all credit goes to them i i walked into a pretty sweet thing and i i, I love doing it awesome so. philly got
1: anything else
3: no, i was going say we're uh, for a guy that thought was gonna or what he's gonna talk about for a while we we're, God, we're, we we uh, i think we uh, <laughs> i think we bear i think we actually buried lid time so yeah. yes. i
1: i love realizing that when when you, when people we we haven't had many guests. We're only episode five. When people come on, and then they kind of discover how much there is to talk about, and how much it's hard this really get it going. But how this happens at work all the time. That's that's kind of the experience we're yeah. going for
2: here. Yeah. It's so. hard. I, I personally, I I think it's hard to talk about yourself. I, you do it, pretty it is. it's pretty no, darn well. It yeah, which it takes which a lot. It takes yeah. a lot to open up and which we're eat. thankful for. It does by does the lot. way, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you're
0: oh, not just imparting your stories and your personal. Struggles. Well, it's it's a vulnerability. This is now locked in yeah, time, right. and this is locked yeah. in.
3: Yeah, it'll be on the interwebs so forever.
0: So yeah. yeah, we really appreciate your sharing. It no, means I think people, people can take a lot me. of stock in it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. yeah I've, I've had a blast. I hope it's been fun. Hope yeah. to, maybe you can have me back as a like a guest think, well, speaker or hey, sometime a guest guest host for
3: sure.
1: Yeah. Let's see. Hey, like said Paul. It, um, I've always enjoyed working with you. I love you. You know, you yeah, got a dry sense of you. humor to you. Um, <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that's so,
2: one of the. I forgot that about resiliency is that yeah, having that the dark, oh, the dark humor, just like that a really a subtle show. As well. That, that could
1: be. I will save too. that. Yeah. Save that for, we'll another save another for part tone. <laughs> and it, this is. Uh, yeah, this has been great. Um, I personally, I love hearing the, not only the podcast, but then just at work hearing these stories and the senior guys, and and that's why I'm 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 happy we found a way to take some of this, put it into a little show here yeah. for the people that care and. It's yep. been good. So with good that deal. being said, thank you, uh, thank you for being on today. We'll have to do it again sometime. We will. Yeah, and, thank uh, you for having me. It's with awesome. That being said, I'll, I'll we'll Ryan, drop the tones. And drop them. We'll, um, we'll get out of here. <laughs>